Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good, Internet? It is Friday, July 30th, and you're listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 414. I am your host, Austin Walker. I am joined by Patrick Klepek. Hello. Ricardo Contreras. Yo. And Victorious, uh, I believe, my understanding is... You know what's not joining us? The wheel. The wheel has been broken. <laughs> the wheel has been broken. The wheel, the, wheel has been bro- the wheel has been broken, everybody. Let it ring through these hallowed halls. The wheel has been broken. Rob Zachney, victorious in your in your thing. I'm just realizing this now. Yeah, yeah, but come on, other wheels exist. But unlike them, I broke the wheel. (laughs) I I didn't be like, what if the wheel just had a good story to tell? And that story was not so good. But anyway, we're out of script. Goodbye. (laughs) Farewell. Uh, Rob Zachney, victorious uh, uh, in your conquest of Resident Evil remake. Uh, last night you you wrapped the y'all wrapped that up. Uh, oh, I, I I cleared up a lot of business uh, last <laughs> night during the stream. Yeah, wait, that sounds like you like knock someone out in we real had, life. We had one out of two successful streams, and the second one was successful. I watched the first one. The first uh-huh. one, there was some there there was some okay, boulders. Hold on, there were some boulders that gave you a little trouble. I think also just a general stre- layout that was kind of hard to internalize. It <laughs> seemed both streams were successful. Just. <laughs> In different by different metrics, uh, one was successful not as Resident Evil but as torture porn. Uh, the other, I was like, no more torture porn, uh, no more, no more wheel. Even though the wheel actually didn't cause the real problems in that first stream, it was mostly just the boulders. It did uh, give you the tank controls at a real opportune time. Th- those did not help. Um, <laughs> and there's some places. Well, we'll, we'll talk about it, but. Uh, the point is, got through the finale of the game, uh, ended real, real strong in some ways. But man, it's wild how everything people talk about with like, oh, these the endings of these Resident Evil games are so weird. Hey, guess what was baked in from the start? Apparently, because uh, the last the last stages of that were like, all right, Jill. Here's the magnum and the grenade launcher. Go to town. <laughs> yep. And I was like, okay, I guess I will. And and also just like a, a I know this was playing out in the chat. Um, and I knew this because I've you know long uh, history with the series. But uh, just even in that first game, first half of the game, mansion, beautiful, iconic, what a mansion. Uh, and then what do you do in the second half of the game? Not really sure. Just watched it. Can't remember half of it. Uh, like. <laughs> The first half of the game, I was able to run this delicate dance in which, at times, I was being willfully ignorant uh, to uh, create chaos and tension for Rob. And other times, 
just ignorant because I couldn't <laughs> couldn't couldn't remember things from the early 2000s uh, when I when I'd play that game. And then the back half was just Rob. I'm just going to read this walkthrough um, because I don't know what the fuck we're supposed to do. That's you know what? That's fair. Uh, there'll be a deeper conversation about this, including questions from you, the listener, sometime very soon, right? When you're yeah, recording, yeah we're going to record that this a week. The episode will go up next Wednesday. Okay. So if you want to send in uh, a gamingadvice.com with the header Resident Evil or add us on Twitter. It'll be um, too late by the time they hear this. Yeah. Gotta, <laughs> they don't need to know that. Just, yeah, this is, it's, it's fine. I'll tweet about it. It will be, be too fine. late. We'll tweet, we'll tweet about, about it. it. Tweet about yeah. it. We'll tweet about it. <laughs> But look forward to the episode. Yeah. Uh, because it'll be fun. It'll be good. Um, well, congrats. You did it. Uh, we, we, uh, I guess we don't know what the next Waypoint 101 is uh, quite yet because we're still in the, the phase, the, the finishing phases of this one. Um, but I, I do know that Rob has gotten obsessed with something. And I, I heard you start floating ideas for other streams around. <laughs> A particular game. Yeah, he's trying to he's trying to trying to rope us. And I, like he th- Rob yeah. thinks Crowbar and Sickle need to go on an adventure. Is yeah, what I've uh-huh, heard. That's and I what need I've to hear. Heard. I need to hear about this well, adventure I, and who would be instructing us. Can I say that that yeah. I might be partially to blame for this? Mm, <laughs> wow. Uh, not on. I, it was not. I, last week I linked. I linked Rob to a tweet here. Okay. Mm. Uh, and I said hell of a claim here. Uh, and it was a tweet to uh, to a link to a review uh, from from PC Games N, uh, written by by uh, Ian Ian Boudreau. I don't. I've Boudreau. always Boudreau. Okay, uh, about this game, and it was a very. It was like beyond positive. Uh, the 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 pull quote was: "This is a World War II game that manages to illustrate something important about how wars are fought." Huh. And mm. I was like, "Huh, interesting." And then, and then I expected Rob to be like, "Oh yeah, this is like blank," you know, put it on the pile. It'll be I'll come, maybe I'll check it out one day. And now I under I'm to understand that Rob has been consumed by a sort of first person shooter obsession. Yeah, and uh, I've sent you all your your draft notices uh, <laughs> because you are needed at the front. <laughs> um, so it's where I'm best. That's what I've, if I learned anything from. Playing shooters on a stream, put put me in the right in the at the front. front of the lines. Yeah. I'm I'm ready, coach. Uh-huh. Okay, so to give uh, like an overview of what this game is, there's a couple things going on. Uh, one, Can you say the name of it to start. Yeah, so I have been playing a <laughs> I bunch. Was of, it up. I didn't want to say it. I want to let Rob <laughs> say it. Oh well, yeah. So um, I have been unleashed on Hell Let Loose. <laughs> Um, Rob is the hell that's been let loose. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it is, in many ways, like a much more milsim, uh, like side of the spectrum version of Battlefield. Um, and if you extend that spectrum out far enough, you end up at things like Arma, or uh, there was a great series, um, some years back, uh, Red Orchestra, which was very much like, um antique military arms nerds make a shooter right and like so that was a game that had all sorts of like really elaborate uh, mechanics around like what it's actually like to wield a world war ii era weapon it could be really overbearing uh and really demanding hell let loose falls in like 
kind of squarely in the middle, maybe on the Milsim side a little bit, uh, between like Battlefield and Red Orchestra. Uh, it is a very team oriented, uh, like capture point shoot, uh, multiplayer shooter, 100 players uh, to a match, very big maps. Uh, and in general, it favors much longer engagement ranges than you find in like a Battlefield game, like where Battlefield has lots of parts of the levels where it is designed to make sure that like people with close range ARs and SMGs have lots to do. Uh, Shotguns are still viable. Not so much, like except in (laughs) rare cases, like if you're wandering around with an SMG in uh, in Hell Let Loose, you're a spectator. And that's probably because you're playing a character class who is meant to not be fighting as much as talking. And this is the other part of it. Um, if you so as far as like you being zoomed in on the battlefield playing the shooter, it's all very much team shooter stuff. Uh, you know, there's there's different classes. There's a lot of like carefully scanning the horizon for targets. But then the level above that is the squad leaders and the team commander uh, layer. The team commander is effectively playing an RTS versus the other team. And the team commander's units just happen to be players uh, who are all individual like actors who can take different classes. Their way of communicating um, with, and they really are more of a coordinator than commander in some ways. They are on a private, like uh comms channel with all the squad leaders and so you have multiple uh i've played this game but allow me to ask this rhetorical question for you how many uh uh how many teams are there and how many players are on a side uh 50 to a side and on a packed game there's probably 10 people on comms on on um like team wide comms because recon elements which are two man uh, uh two person scout sniper teams they're also on radio uh and vehicles uh vehicle crews are also on radio this is not like anyone can hop in a vehicle you have to sort of put your hand up and be like all right I want to tank be, I want to yeah, be tank, be tank. Guy. yeah yeah um, or probably is it it's teams of tank it's cuz it's like it is it is an entire at least it's a vehicle crew where you have yeah, someone dude, who's like if you want like in general i've been impressed with how not toxic this community is like there's there's some weirdness like yeah, absolutely sure. and it can get bad when a game goes real bad as team team games are wont to do but the thing that has produced the most instant vitriol is someone trying to solo command a tank because it is just not workable <gasps> Right. Um, like no position in the tank really has a good view of what is going on and like driving the tank full-time job shooting All from right. the tank full-time job ideally third person is coordinating those two things and talking to team chat um, and so if somebody sees like one person trying to be like toot toot I'm in a I'm in a panzer people are like get the fuck out <laughs> pick up a rifle um so, I would say this game. I, I I have not had any toxic experiences. I did log in and play through for like an hour. I want to say, and the first thing that happened was besides me being very confused because it is not a game that has much in, in the way of onboarding. Um, was that I uh someone named like JB Gregcom was like, all right, yeah, no, you don't don't try to cross the river there. Don't. All right, well now you're drowning. 
And I was like, yeah, I guess I am drowning. You're right. I am. I am drowning, JB Gregcom. Uh, and, uh, you know, but then, but then, but then it was the experience, the, the other side of that experience of, uh, when you just shut up and listen to the person who understands what that, what that vision of the map is. And they tell you, like, okay, we're going to push this position now. Everyone, like, walk up to here and then, you know, we're going to stand up and, and, like, move up to that house is extremely fun and extremely rewarding in a way that's similar to when we used to play um, PUBG with, like, Will Smith, who would have, like, a game plan in that way. He uh, essentially was our commander. In right. Which we, exactly. We were just backseating. It was like, yes, he was telling us to head over here. What should we pick up? What are guns are good? Right. And like that, all that stuff, like filtered yeah. through playing with, you know, anybody that we, the couple of times we played with people who, yeah, were, yeah, who were, great. who were notably superior to yes, us. And that was, was, that was enjoyable. And actually like, took some of the stress off, like had, like I enjoyed the chaos of you and I like just winging it. Yep. But there was also like something really satisfying about having kind of a, submissive is kind of the word relationship in which it's like just tell, tell me what to do so I can go do my job most effectively or poorly but at least then you told but, me to do it but and it's I, out it's, of my you've hands taken, you've, I've, I've let go of the of the need to have the game planned and I think one of the things this game does smartly to sort of uh, force some of that coordination is that this is not a game that really is kind to people who are just going to go out and solo. For one thing, if you pull up the score, like it's not going to show you your KDs. Like you're just right. not going to uh, like get that information. It's going to score you on like what have you been doing offensively, defensively, in terms of supporting your teammates. The score is very abstracted until like the the end game final match score. Um, and it doesn't give you things like you get no feedback on like you just killed so and so. You have no idea. Like you're shooting rounds down range, and you're like, I think I. I think I got him. I don't know, uh, which is great because like it, 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 le- it leaves the fog of war in place where like Battlefield immediately. If you shoot somebody and kill them, you immediately know you weren't jumping at shadows. You immediately know you don't need to keep shooting. This is like I probably j- just should keep shooting because uh, if I didn't get that person, I need to keep their heads down. Maybe what's a what's a clip if not to be used? Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's a suppression uh, mechanic as well, where someone sure if someone is under is. direct fire, uh, yeah, like they their vision blurs out. Uh, they oh, really? like it gets nearsighted Dude. pretty much. Ah, uh, yeah. Like you that just stuff are is wild. <laughs> yeah, if you're, if you're under fire in this game, the it is it is. I won't need you to. I, I will. I won't need to say hit Z. You'll be like I'm on the ground. I want to hide <laughs> to the nearest tall grass immediately. I'm gonna like try to crawl towards any small like little rise of, of like a little mound of dirt yep. to be my cover. I'm just gonna remain completely still. And the thing is, like, unless someone has a scope on you, that's very effective. Like, yeah, you're gone. You're in the tall grass. Like, who, who's gonna see you? Um, that part of this game, like the co- way it communicates, the way that it it is playing in that milsim space but being it, it it's much more pick up and play than something like arma in my experience uh is really cool like the the sense of i am hiding behind a windmill you know uh 200 paces in that direction there is someone with a gun who is trying to kill me if they manage to do it it will be an achievement because i am very far away from them <laughs> and nevertheless i am constantly scared because bullets keep plinking off of the side of the windmill i'm hiding behind and it's and they're getting closer, you know, and then well, artillery hits like, oh, oh, God. So, yeah, this is. So the other thing is 
this game looks and sounds fantastic. Yeah. Um, this is the thing that like I don't think Arma really does. Arma has no sense of style. Arma can be very cool, Damn. but it is a it's it's a very stripped down sim. Right. And it looks like one. It's it's really like about making sure the weapon systems and guns like behave accurately and creating a huge like map for, for teams to battle over. But it, that's at the expense of like creating um, a really like high fidelity uh, and stylish look to the game. This is very much like. um yeah, like the the maps aren't just like detailed, but they each have like a very strong vibe or an atmosphere. Um, so like the uh, Hurricane Forest maps are just this like bombed to smithereens uh, stretch of like wasteland forest uh, on the border of Germany. And it's just like you're fighting uh, in, somewhere in hell, right? Like it is um, it's just overbearing you can't see anything there's already fires burning so you can't even really identify muzzle flashes as well because like the forest is still still smoldering from the various like incendiaries that have been dropped across it if you go to um like if you go to normandy uh you'll have these like glorious like sunny days uh sun shining down on these feet on these uh like uh unharvested fields in france uh and it's it's really gorgeous um and then the sound also is really incredible. And you have the, the drama of as you approach the battle, the battlefield, and Ian talked about this in his review, and he's, he's dead on. The sound of the fighting begins to pick up and you start hearing like first just stray rounds, like whistling past. Yeah. It's not even a threat. You just tune that out. And then as you get closer and closer, you start hearing like rifle, like cracks of rounds going over heads. And then you start hearing like the the little pop 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 piff 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 of bullets impacting near you and you're still not you're still not even really in danger but now you know if i go the next wall over yeah i'm probably like in imminent danger of catching a stray and the next wall after that is the front line right like you'll be in danger not not of someone aiming down sights and like taking you out but just like yeah they're firing in this general direction bullets are in the air You, you might get hit by one um and and if you do you'll go down and have a very slow bleed out as you hope and wait for a medic to crawl over to you and they won't uh, well they no, will because but they won't the one thing that doesn't i mean it does kind of work well the medics have no interest so the the, the surest sign that a patch of ground is dangerous is the fact that someone's shot and bleeding out in the middle of it <laughs> and so a lot of times medics make sort of the um career decision to not come out and rescue you because it's like if i just go out there you're i'm gonna be dead too uh so they're like if you if you had the good grace to like get mowed down uh behind a wall they'd come get you but sorry man you're in the middle of a open dirt lane um (laughs) like i'm gonna stay here absolutely Uh, but so the at the higher level uh the commander is talking to the squad leads and the way they sort of force coordination and the way this like battlefield, no matter how they structure that game tends to devolve into people kind of doing whatever they're going to do and not really fighting as squads when they do, it's really good and really cool, but there's very little that forces you to do that here. uh, The way they kind of force it, uh, force a little more teamwork is that there are no spawn locations near any of the objectives. They don't exist on the map. The only baked in spawn locations are headquarters spawns at the very far edge of the map. The map is probably 10 kilometers or so wide. And so 
to walk across the map is a 10 kilometer walk um with with your soldier so what you need to do as a team is set up like garrison spawns uh near the objectives and probably not too close uh because these are sort of your high value your whole team can spawn in massive waves on garrisons squad leaders can create outpost spawns which have a very quick cooldown timer and are often positioned like right there by the front like basically you know, the outpost is going to be hidden behind a building and you run around the corner from that building and you're on the front line. That's how you sort of keep up pressure and momentum. Uh, but building all this stuff and then calling in commander abilities like artillery strikes, uh, recon planes, the spot targets, all this stuff costs resources that have to be generated by capturing locations and by like building resource nodes uh, that have your that your team can sort of position anywhere. And so the push-pull of the game becomes like, we can't take this position. We can keep rushing the point till, you know, hell freezes over. We're not going to take it. So the commander, ideally, is going to be like, I need two squads to flank around. We think there's a garrison, uh, like, southwest of the point. We need you to push in on it while they're attacking. And we need you to knock out that garrison so that suddenly the respawn timers begin to swing in our favor. (laughs) Right. They're spawning farther away. We are keeping up the pressure. But if that goes bad and that flank maneuver gets detected, an entirely new fight will open up. And suddenly there's like an objective that's not on the map, but it's still important where it's like, oh, we need to push this set of buildings that's not marked specially on the map. But this is now where the entire fight for this uh, position is going to hinge. And so that's the other cool part of this is it's not like you're going to be fighting in the exact same locations game after game after game. The vagaries of where people are spawning in from and what each team is trying to do means that you'll just end up like the critical battle for control of a point might happen like two kilometers away, uh, you know, with completely different squads involved. Um, but that's going to impact what's happening by the control point. And when this game like is working, and it usually is, um, all this stuff makes it really dramatic and like kind of always, so far at least, kind of always new. Like every single game feels really different. Um, I had one where I was part of a scout sniper team and I got separated. I was back there with a sniper rifle. Uh, my, my scout, the only one who could pop a respawn location couldn't get to me. I was so stuck behind enemy lines. And so I ended up having, um, you know, the band of brothers episode about a uh, Bly. That's like episode three, that dude who just is kind of like wandering lost in Normandy yeah. for, for yeah, half the episode. Yes. Yeah. Dude, that was my game where like, I would, I would occasionally like mark targets and be like, I call them in. And maybe people would come and deal with them. Probably not. Um, or I would like try to run to the sound of fighting and I would get there just as the fighting was like sputtering to a halt. Um, and I would hear like puff flare up somewhere else. And I start chasing that. Um, and it ended up being this like really weird, suspenseful, uh, like just a solid hour of me moseying around the backdrop of this battlefield. It was, I, I, I had a successful game. I, I notched a lot of kills. I marked a lot of targets, but it was totally a, uh, a only occasionally would I run into someone from my team and I'd use the, the local proximity chat to be like, uh, I spotted some guys behind that ridge and I hear their officer be like, all right, guys, let's go, let's go take that hedgerow. And they'd run off and I would never see them again. 
and I'd be like, great. Um, great. Bye, go, go with God. I will resume. Uh, I will resume my search. And it was beautiful. I don't know that I can. I, you, this game being about constant interaction and talking with strangers, like even just imagining it gives me un, like enormous anxiety even if we the community just is fine need, well the thing is if we stick to our own squad yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think, Rock, I, think right? I could i could we could do that if we were like yes. a, a sniper scouting team or what i i but the idea of like Listen. on my own of my own oh, volition yes. on a tuesday evening mm. just right. like talking to strangers <laughs> I, I like i get a not i don't even have that much social anxiety but there's i've always had social anxiety over the phone there's not like mm-hmm. in person i could talk to anyone strangers yep. for, like in like i don't know if it's something about like my personality adopts a confidence that like i lack um with the like distance of a device but um i can't, like ugh, i <laughs> i remember in journalism school when they would one of the the tasks for like an early um story was just go to the talk that's happening at one of the halls and the people in line just interview like five of them and then write a story based on those five interviews doesn't matter what it's about just find a way to craft and like just looking at a line and then having to talk to five people gave me like more anxiety than talking to like a Miyamoto or like something like that. Like, like even, the, I don't know. So all, I'm just curious how clearly you don't have that hiccup and that's cool. I just, Oh no, I, I do. Okay. I do right. like, uh, like I don't play that many multiplayer games cause of this reason in some ways sure. in general, first of all, like there's a lot of good comms discipline. Like usually people are not just like, jamming bullshitting yeah yeah like usually people are just like very quietly calling calling out targets or just asking questions uh hey i think i see some guys moving around northwest uh should we reorient there now nah, ignore those guys you know stuff like that it's very on point the probably the most anxiety inducing thing i did was uh a couple nights ago it was my first game on the stalingrad map which are new the eastern front maps are new they're fucking awesome um katusha rocket barrages those those multiple rocket launchers that like make that make that like noise and just like it's like hell coming down um as as these like rockets just carpet an area um yeah the stalingrad map is incredible but we were playing this game and it was literally like um the opening of a terrible movie enemy at the gates where like they're just getting massacred trying to run up the banks of the volga and they just can't get anywhere that was my game and nobody would play commander and the game doesn't work without commander like commander's the only one who can call in like tanks commander's the only one who can call in like airstrikes um and like artillery and i was like hey uh, anyone gonna be commander and nobody like i don't i don't want to oh. do it i don't like it see that see that's what that's what, that's what just, i find fascinating yeah. is yeah. i wonder in some degrees because of the way this is structured it um you're going to have situations where certain personality types Yes. are drawn to certain uh uh you know uh, anchors of like the mechanics because they're the ones that feel confident or are willing to try to to do a role that a lot of other people are like hey I'm like I just po- show me where to point the gun mm-hmm. I don't want to tell people what to do so you end up drawing specific types of people um into those roles. I mean, obviously it sounds like you are not that person and just chose to be like, well, I don't want this match to go awry. I'm just going to, the worst case scenario is I give it a whirl and everyone else was a coward too. Right. Um, so I'm curious how that went for you once you, once you found yourself in that spot. It was fascinating and like really heady um, in part because when I, when I got on, like, first of all, I was, I was just a member of a squad 
I went straight into the commander role and it was like changing radio frequencies (laughs) and things were not good because in like, your squad the level the tier of the tier of, of conversation can only be, it can only get so bad because you can always be like well that that push didn't work let's go back to the garrison and we'll do something different now and maybe someone like is mad that you didn't deploy the you know the ammo reserves you have or whatever yeah. but like that's a limited sort of that's a single very pointed set of frustrations about a single objective so i can imagine it was weird to go from that up all the way dude it was like just flip the dial and it was like uh so we want to push this fucking point all right uh that push didn't work at all that was a, like uh don't even try going north I, I don't know who said we should go there they're they're just crawling there's a tank up there uh it's crawling with them. that's that's not working uh well we need some help downside it was just like a non-stop chatter and so i was like okay master strategy here's the thing Zachney. here we go yeah i was like first off why like my first question was like okay i am what is a war but the grandest puzzle of them all (laughs) so i get it as as rob dusts off his soliloquies of war is like before we talk strategy we need to talk what is those you guys familiar with the concept of uh schwerpunkt uh so my 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 favorite mission in cyberpunk yeah my first question was like i was like hey so i'm looking at the map and I am seeing that our direct push, like nobody is anywhere near the direct line of attack on the control point on the banks of the Volga. I was like, what's going on? Like, I cannot see why is nobody pushing in through there? And somebody, somebody else got on the comments like, I can tell you exactly why that is. Um, they're not marked on the map, but those buildings through there, the buildings on the other side of that square are completely crawling with Germans. That is a no man's land. Like anyone who runs out in there is killed instantly. And I was like, great. Keep doing what you're doing, like keep massing uh, like northeast of that field. I'm going to call in a rocket artillery barrage in 30 seconds. Get ready. And I was like, squad leaders, check your maps. Make sure your squads know that barrage is coming in. Stay out of the circle. And so it was like, I Did they like, get us on the map? the map. I forget. Yeah. Yeah. So I like at this point, I am no longer looking at the first person view at all. I'm right. just playing this game through tactical map and like matching who is talking on the radio to their icons on the screen. Right. Um, and so like you see handles, but mostly people just become Abel, Baker, Charlie. And right. that is how you begin addressing each other. Um, so on the map, I can look and I saw like the squad leaders got the message through and I saw all of those like little blue dots of troops amassing start to form a line just outside the artillery barrage zone. And we just waited for the barrage to strike and That's then awesome. yeah. they went over the top and <laughs> like immediately you can still see a lot of those blue dots going down. Right. Sure. But a lot were getting through <laughs> and suddenly like the battle had shifted and it still wasn't enough. And so I was like, okay, um, I can drop what's called an airhead, uh, which is like an air bridge head. Uh, it is a temporary garrison spawn mm-hmm. that like is dropped behind enemy lines. It basically allows you to reorient the fight. And I was like, okay, uh, you know, kilo and item squads. Uh, if you're not busy, I'm going to have an airhead drop uh, behind their position, based on the opposite side of our attack. 
could you get there when the when the airhead drops? And that means that you, you so I, I've done this. I've played from the perspective of someone in one of those teams where someone says my squad. The way that that plays out on my side is my squad commander goes, yeah, we got an airhead coming up in uh, a few seconds. Everyone get ready to redeploy. And you're like, I'm in a gunfight. And it doesn't matter. Like, let's redeploy. You hit escape, hit the redeploy button. Because you kind of have to trust the gunfight is yeah. irrelevant. Like, if this, if exactly. this is the call, the gunfight doesn't matter. Yes, exactly. Because, like, uh, you're, you're going to die on this hill in the middle of this swamp for nothing. Or you can go be part of an offensive that, like, tries to make a move on this fucking map. I'm you like, all right. die for glory. For glory. <laughs> exactly. And so the thing is, the airhead yeah. goes in. And they immediately start uncovering the garrisons and shit that the enemy was using to reinforce that point. And so it wasn't just that the push started working. It was that they started immediately, like, basically cutting the tendons of the defense. Um, And so real quickly, like, that position unlocked. And from there, we were rolling. But most of what I was doing as commander turned into um, just keeping everyone from losing their fucking minds because the (laughs) vibes were not great. A lot of new players were in the game. A lot of squad right. leaders were like, um, I am trying my best to lead these guys, but like people are not really responding to comms or calls. So like I got a full squad and I got like two people who were responding to me. And I was like, great, that's good information. Uh, we'll just work with that. Um, and the the main thing was just there was one really good squad leader, uh, Baker. Um, it was a very pissed off Italian dude who was just seething at the lack of coordination he was seeing on the rest of the team. So most of my job as commander turned into like keeping this guy on task while shutting him down as he began to lash out and spiral at other squad, other squads (laughs) where, where I was like, uh, yeah, Baker, uh, you know, we don't have munitions for a artillery barrage right now. I can't help you. Uh, just stand pat, put that garrison down you're talking about. If you need supplies, let me know. Uh, hang on. I need Charlie to repeat their last call. And it was all that stuff uh, yeah. for like for like an hour. These matches are long. That's yeah. the other thing is they are like war movie length. They are incredible. Like it was my entire night was me leading the fucking invasion of Stalingrad with this like fractious group of pissed off squad leaders. But it ruled. Um, and the only time I did anything that wasn't in the map was at one point we needed to garrison up, um, at a sort of hinge location that was like in no man's land between two major fights. And I was just like, I'm just going to run out there and pop it. And so like, I was sort of running there, like ducking into shell holes, like checking my map, like anyone need anything great and kept just sort of like scurrying, uh, a bit like a rat to this key location and plopping down a garrison and opening up like this, this third direction of a push. Um, and it was, it was weird because I was just totally alone out there. And occasionally like I knew a sniper was like, could see me and people just like take pot shots and you just kind of tune it out. Um, yeah. and you get back on your radio and you continue chatting. It's, it was stressful. Like there were, there were moments where, um, the vibe on the team comms was very much like a work meeting gone very sour. Um, and it turns into a lot of, I hear what you were saying. Uh, I agree. That is frustrating, but we can't do anything about that right now. So, um, yeah. Uh, but like it, when the game is 
when the game is good and it usually is uh it's just maybe my favorite shooter in years since red orchestra 2 uh certainly since battlefield 1 um but yeah it's kind of like everything i would want from a military shooter um awesome. and i'm shocked at how well it, and reliably I'm, I'm, it works i'm excited to fall into this into this rabbit hole or at least <laughs> at least see see where i like it's one of those things where where looking in from the outside uh or you know i've played a little bit of it uh it it scratches a lot of itches in terms of what i like from from first person shooters and multiplayer games the storytelling stuff i've all we talked a lot about this when we were playing PUBG and fortnite where i like being able to narrativize what has happened to me in a video game or what i've done in a video game i like to be able to tell a story after i play it and that immediately leans it it, it uh loans itself to that sort of uh interpretation interpretational play um uh, but also it also scratches the other thing which is like how many classes are there in this game rob <laughs> it's like 10 right because it's Might like be rifleman more. medic i got i got a list in front of me here we go right officer rifleman assault Automatic rifleman, medic, support, machine gunner, anti-tank, engineer, and that's just infantry. Then there's also tank commander and crewman, and then there's spotter and sniper. So there's like a lot of roles to play. Mm. And it, yeah. just being like, I'm gonna just gonna play a medic. What if I just commit? And I'm just like, I yes, I'll start as rifleman. The game yells at you and says you should start as rifleman so that you're not like uh, a burden on your team. They're just kind of all arounders. But if I was just like, I'm gonna learn how to be a just a damn good medic. That sounds really fun to me, you know. Um, so I need to I need to watch some videos and like see the ca- class breakdowns and progression mechanics. And I will <laughs> say the pterodactyl videos were okay. very useful to me as I tried to figure out this game. Awesome, because the there's things where it's like pterodactyl, like someone named Terry who was like, ah, pterodactyl. Yep, and <laughs> okay. I I think they might they might be a uh, like PUBG uh, person as well okay, from sure. like creating tutorials. I don't know, but like they're very good at explaining like, Hey, so you might've heard people yelling about needing resources. How do resources <laughs> work? Um, hey, you might've been yelled at cause you weren't being a good squad leader. What should a squad leader do? Sure. Uh, and it's sort of like, that's kind of the tutorial the game doesn't have that you just kind of uh, have to pick up. I will say to be a commander, what I had to do, like I sort of just went to an empty server and it was like, I'm going to use commander abilities and just see what this interface is like. And so I was out there on a like one out of a hundred empty slots just on a map, like calling down. Okay. Uh, I guess we will like, I'm just going to watch where this like bombing run falls. <gasps> like it's really dramatic when it comes in, uh, but what it like, what is its actual spread? Um, and the answer is it basically turns kilometer, a straight kilometer into just, um, a charnel house. It's incredible sure. when a bombing run comes in. It's just Rob, like I, the world's over. I just love the image of you being at your commander desk with like an iPad set up with these tutorial videos off to this, like how to be a commander. Yeah, that's, like, uh, yeah, that's uh, the dream uh, I want. One second. Point plus subscribers are demanding. Let's see Rob <laughs> quietly try to be a commander. Uh, the thing that's hard is you just can't vouch that no one's going to just start dropping slurs, right? So this was the thing that I was talking to Kato. I was like, if we streamed this, yeah. The source of the stream would have to be on our locked squad comms, and right. then someone on our team would have to be squad leader, and they would be hearing the public call. They'd have to narrate what's going on in the game. But right. like, if you are on the team comms, that is where you are most likely to hear bad shit because, like, in and by the way, when I've heard it go bad, it's still like tame, but compared could, to know, any mainstream community. I- I think it's probably worth saying we could do a thing where we're like, we have the main waypoint stream 
Now we're just this is welcome to welcome to uh, meeting. Yeah. We're in a meeting now. <laughs> yeah. Um, we could do a thing where we have the main waypoint stream set up with uh, the squad only comms, yeah. and then also have someone stream to their personal channel with the caveat: this listen. We don't know what's going to happen here. Well, couldn't we? Can you we go just in? We could, we could probably get enough people to. We could get our audience to play with us, and that's less. Probably, but then you have to find an open server where you can drop all those people in. We should, yeah, I mean, yes, we should do that also. The but Waypoint I'm saying, Hell Let Loose server. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dear Uncle Vice, we need, uh, how much does a server cost? Not much. Well, you know, we'll see what we can do. Okay, uh, well, but you know, you see what I'm saying is that Rob, like, we, if we cut did- to cut to Rob on Monday's podcast, so I built a server rack. <laughs> uh, well, okay. First of all, a server doesn't cost much. A good server, oh my god, costs a little bit more. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. I see. Uh, but you see what I'm saying that like you could have the like we here is the version that we are saying will be safe because we're, we're we've done the work necessary but if you want to go see rob's perspective where he's being yelled at by some commander and is in, on the global comms you could also see that by going to twi- twitch.tv slash whatever yeah and that yeah. could be fun that could be a fun way of doing it um could squad anyway. stream those two channels the whole thing right exactly <laughs> that's exactly it yeah 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 that that could be the play anyway Welcome. Thanks for for letting us have this impromptu uh, gameplay. But I just, I just, I just know that I need uh, crowbar and sickle. Yeah, I, just, I know that. I know that I need that. Patrick, magic. I know you you have a vacation coming up, but but when you're back, yeah, well, you we can, should hop you, in. Maybe, maybe, maybe uh, you can, you know, uh, do you some preliminary in. investigation. Yeah, you can scout the game for me and yeah. come back. Um, yeah. That's what happened with PUBG, right? With PUBG, yeah. I left right after we launched crowbar and sickle, and I left for a week. And yep. it was just you and with guests and and you kind of checked it out. So this is like yeah. Patrick is like that dude at the start of uh, like Vasily Grossman Stalingrad, who's just a humble farmer, a family man, yeah. just wants to live yeah. a life of peace and good, earnest, ho- honest, hard work. Uh, but he is called to the front. Uh, the motherland calls, Patrick. Yeah. Uh, will you <laughs> the answer? People need you. Yeah, exactly. Um, before we go to break. Uh, we will go to break in a moment. I've also queued up all these Hell at Loose uh, uh, videos now, Rob, so get ready for me <laughs> to fall in this fucking hole. Um, we got patch notes, baby. Pokemon Unite patch notes. Do we? You all want to... Re- yeah, you want me to... Pokemon okay, Unisei. Here we go. Uh, Gardevoir arrives in AOS t- uh, tonight at midnight PDT. Yeah. Along with the release of Gardevoir, we'll be addressing a few bugs, including an issue with the muscle band not acting as intended when equipped with Charizard. And then if you open the game, it says apply in the update, restart the app on your device to apply the update, update details, bug fixes, text fixes, shop updates, bug fixes, Charizard. <laughs> that's a good beat. That's a good, that, that's my new single. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to stay on beat there. Of course, the community uh-huh. has begun the work yeah. of unpacking what any of this means. Uh, we we did it. We got the Nintendo like patch yep. notes that we were afraid of. Uh, it's I uh, after we had that discussion uh, on the last podcast, someone did reach out, and it was just gentle ribbing. But they're like, mm-hmm. uh, depending on the size of the team, sometimes the reason you don't get uh, extensive patch notes is because you don't want to pay to have it localized into every language that your game is available sure. for. And so sure. Sure. you ju- you just put g- general bug fixes, which you've <laughs> already paid to have localized and then let the community uh, fig- figure it out. It's like, that's fair. I could, I could see that being a reasonable uh, reason why you didn't, didn't do that. I don't like this Charizard nerve. I don't play Charizard, but I don't like it. What is it? So 
According to some players in the community, this is from Dot Esports, Kale Michael. According to some players in the community, the nerf comes in the form of a muscle of the muscle band no longer being applied to every auto attack that Charizard uses. A muscle band is a, an item that just gives you a flat buff to all of your like normal attacks, basically. Instead, the item will only buff every other auto attack which severely decreases the amount of damage that the fire flying type can put out. The main reason for uh, many players think this change was made is due to Charizard's Unite move, Seismic Slam, that's the ultimate. Uh, prior to this nerf, Muscle Band would buff each auto attack used during the Unite move, making it extremely powerful and fast and very capable of dealing with multiple opponents, even Zapdos. That's You can't just like make it not apply to every auto attack for a given character. That feels like it's breaking well, a fundamental truth about the game. Oh, if it did for every character, I would understand that. Charizard's auto attacks are kind of different than a lot of other ones. Are they? Yeah. Instead of it being like, uh, there's usually it's like one, two, three, like two regular attacks and then like a what they call a boosted uh, 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 attack. Yeah, uh, yeah. Charizard is a continuous like flame. Oh, that interesting. Takes, Each like, of those counts over, as a... Yeah. Um, I so see. it might be something about where like that's it must being tick very quickly yeah yeah something that makes like sense that. so yeah like that might if be... you're the i've been playing you know i've been playing dark souls yeah uh one and two beat remastered deep into not deep into but you know well into scholar of the first sin uh now and in that a thing that is uh an a, an important lesson with like in enchanting weapons or using pine resin to buff them is um, in Dark Souls 1, at least, those sorts of buffs apply a flat, like, 200 damage per hit. And so they work extremely well with something like a rapier where you're like, poke, 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 because you want that flat damage buff to hit every time. And so maybe it's a situation like that where if Charizard is hitting super fast, you're getting, I guess the thing is Muscle Band doesn't give a, does Muscle Band give a flat buff or does it give a percentage? It's a percentage based on, I believe, the uh, enemy's like HP. Right, uh, right. So it's like as as they get lower, like it does more damage to kind of quick, like yeah. finish off someone who's a who's. I just dislike. But. I dislike any sort of any sort of uh, a change to a rule where it's like, um, this what this item works like this, except for this one character, and we're not going to even say on the item how it doesn't work on that character. In yeah, the same way. yeah. You like and especially with so. like the very pared down, like. Like if you didn't yes. even see the tweet, right? If you just saw the yeah, in-game, you wouldn't know. Says, you would say, "Why am I losing matches?" Yeah, change to, and like, well, who knows, right? It could have been that it was. I could see how, because of the way that Charizard's uh, auto attacks works, maybe it was outputting more than they intended. I, I fully bet right. that. Yeah, this this person here on Dex Dexerto dot com says that the the um. The Kanto Mon, the Kanto Pokemon went from dealing an absurd 31k damage with everything maxed to now 11.9k. That's that's a that's okay. a healthy nerf. That's right. a huge nerf. And that yeah. seems that seems that's fine. with the ult to be clear. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't know that anyone's health goes above like I mean maybe tanks get into the 10k range, but like as far as I can tell, that means that it's yeah that ult's an instant kill for anything, basically anything. Basically, right? Yeah. Yeah, if you have that sense, item though. and yeah and and maybe to their credit you do the band-aid fix now and and long term you maybe reevaluate how that stuff works but right. the most important thing is the balance and health of the game so you do that instant like it doesn't sit well with me in the in the realm of ideas and game design way right but as someone who's playing the game who now won't be one shot by charizards just because 
yeah, sure, I get it. I hundred percent get it. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. I what's wish up with, there do, were... do you know what's up with this new Pokemon? Uh, Gardevoir. Gardevoir. Yeah. What's 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 her deal? Uh, it's funny that you say that. That is a she though. Um, the that Pokemon line is uh, what's what's the word yeah. for it? Uh, Women. Animals. Well, no, no. Like uh, animals that have um visible <laughs> differentiation between their sexes. Uh, there's a word for huh? that, and I forget what it is because not all Pokemon they, do this, right? You go, yeah, there's a I, yes, you know, yes. Some Pokemon look identical no matter what. There, well, there there are there are uh, there are dude Gardevoirs, right? Because you, you no. definitely are there just straight up not. No, this is what I'm saying. Like that Pokemon oh, line, okay. depending on what sex the Pokemon is at, as is its smaller oh, form splits. It, I see, right? Corellia two splits into yeah Gardevoir or. What's the other one? I always forget. Galad. Galad. Right, a lad. Like, la- like Galad. a lad. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Um, gotcha. Gardevoir is a psychic Pokemon and is a ranged attacker. Um, kind of like um, Venusaur. Uh, less tanky, but seems to be like a little more bursty. A lot, lot more Ooh, interesting. AoE okay. stuff. Um, good in a team fight. Little, is she free to play on the like non-ranked matches right now? Yeah, I think they, like, she's put her available in the rotation, the rotation to give her a shot. I've come yeah. around on Venusaur in a big way. I really like the blend of it. Like you said, that like I think Venusaur can really be statted out to be, or can be built to be either um, uh, a little more bursty or a little more tanky. And I love yeah. being able to look at a team comp and be like, you know what, I'm gonna take the self heal because we just don't have a dedicated tank. It's and been I can kind uh, of like play yeah. that role, you know. It's been rough as a Gengar, who's, who's usually kind of jump on a single person and like burst them down really quick as Venus mm-hmm. more and more Venusaurs have realized that their tank combos that do damage and AoE around them kind of yeah. stop me dead in my tracks. Like I do that I jump okay. on them. If you if you're if you're kitted right to like have extra HP, uh yeah. I like can't kill you fast enough and the AoE that that the little AoE thing that the um, pedal swarm or whatever pedal swarm. will kill yeah. me before I can kill you I because like you. I'm jumping within the AoE. You're jumping over so and over. In it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Um, that's interesting. Huh. So yeah. That's a fun way to okay. I've been having trouble with with Yeah, y'all, if you see an enemy so. Gengar <laughs> if you see an enemy Gengar, the real the real thing about those type the speedster characters, Absol, mm-hmm. um uh, with Zerora and Gengar, uh, is that they require they just require lockdown, which exists. Like I've been having a lot of success when somebody else snipes uh Gengar going slow bro and just sure. focus CC down on the speedster, get them down. Mm-hmm. They're pretty squishy. So once they're like locked down, if you're t- if you have a teammate with you that's paying attention and yeah, <laughs> will yeah, kill like- them, you're good. Right? Like that's the that's the one thing about those characters is that they can jump around, but the second that they're out of their, their cooldowns or if you've yeah, stunned them, they're done. Um, so it's been interesting climbing the, the ranks and like at first having not a lot of it, like feeling like speedsters as a class were kind of overpowered. Um, mm-hmm. like I understood them at, conceptually as a MOBA player. Like I understand what this class is. It's, yeah, glass cannon. Basically, you go in, you do a lot of damage, and you either you get out or they're dead. Um, yeah. And people like people misunderstood how 
how much it takes to get to that point. Like I'm spending easily half of the matches just farming in the jungle. And as I'm climbing in the ranks, it's starting to show people understand that now. I'm now being harassed in the jungle. Like, people are coming into the jungle being like, where's that fucker? I know he's in here just fucking getting strong. I can't let him get a swole. Um, uh, which is, it, it just, uh, it's made the matches more tense and more a little more interesting yeah. than me just kind of, like, overpowering everyone because they didn't understand the, like, the core mechanics the the basics i'm so excited by the the sound of that of like people naively rediscovering moba strategy yeah like that's what's happening i gotta get in there i gotta get in there this is the one moment i can be competitive and useful in one of these games a hundred percent it is gonna roll up and be like i know what laning is yeah 100 percent exactly absolutely dude the second they're like oh they put three people in this lane all right well we're gonna fucking win because they one of these people is gonna be under leveled yeah hold their entire yeah and as soon as you see that you're like i know exactly what to do here it's great yeah and that's and that's as someone who's never played a moba but has just been around enough MOBA stuff to have learned from os- osmosis what the basic structure and basic <laughs> techniques are. Ah, oh, feels great. Feels like I'm playing. It feels I was like I've gone to a grade school to, to play pickup ball. You know? I was never good enough to be a jungler of any sort, but like maybe this Here's is your my chance. chance to be the this predator. Is your fucking chance. Here, and yeah, all you spend uh, four minutes in the jungle and then you come out a beast and you wreck shop for the rest of the six minutes of the match. Right. It's ten Rob, minute you match. May, you may it's have missed this I don't think you were in either of the episodes we talked about this game. This oh, game is 10 right. minute matches. It's 10 minute matches. Oh, that's oh. my lot. Yeah, that oh. fits perfectly. It slips oh, right in. Snack. Yeah. That's a little, that's a little snack. That's a little snack. You put on a pot of coffee, you have a match. The coffee's done. Look yeah. at this. And Incredible. It, it, they've done, and again, we've said this before, but they've done an amazing job fitting the entire arc of a MOBA match into those 10 minutes. Like, yeah. the ebbs and flows, I, like, work, like, just the way, like, it, it feels like coming home, you know, like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get the whole thing. I, I am starting to come around to the idea that there should be a 15 or 20 minute match also. But, yeah. But yeah. I won't. <laughs> just because, just like, uh, you know. Just, you know. The, give it, give little, it. Maybe, maybe it's. Um, Patrick shaking his head at me for this. Like, you're doing the, you're doing the thing. Yeah. Right. Well, that was well, the whole thing. I wanted all You know what, game? I would like it if you stop being the thing that is getting a lot of people. Oh, I don't want, I don't want, like, I don't don't want do it, it to stop. I don't yeah, want that to not to be. Stop that. the same with there's a Yeah, quick, but the moment, the moment you introduce that. But there's a quick split. play mode. There's a quick play mode. Why can't there be a long play mode? Yeah. Get out of here. Look, imagine there being enough time for two Zapdos. You can take back the take back. Oh. Like you know, make oh. each of the make each of the zones like two hundred points. Two hundred, two hundred. Rob so insulted by this, he left. <laughs> Rob he left. left. He got up out of his chair and he said, Ugh. "He went to go get his switch so he could download the game and join us." <laughs> yeah. Now he's just gonna get patched again somehow. I did just download it while <laughs> See? Was See? talking. I forgot about it. That's right. Good. That's Great. right. The multiplayer August here in at Waypoint. It's all yeah, multiplayer. It's all stuff. MOBA. Let's go. We're playing. We're playing MOBAs well, in August. All of our all of our collective strengths playing video games we'll uh, for a full together. month. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Maybe we'll get one win. That's what Chukato and I kind of did really well yeah, when we were playing we Pokemon until we started wins. playing ranked. But I think we that got- ranked stuff was also tough because. We were split up among different ranks, and you know, I I wasn't as good. It's, it's sounds it like this. I'm getting Patrick. Better. They need us to tap in. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 
What's the I think Rob and I need to. We'll, we'll just play against you. We'll, we'll, we'll be our own team. Ooh. Okay. Damn. We'll see how. We'll see how that goes. Rob- Patrick and I have such a good synergy. Um, we're like <laughs> sure. just joined at the cap. Uh, <laughs> No conflicts, just like I think that there is a real personality and yeah, uh, yeah, an approach. You have a real classic pairing. Mm-hmm. You got like a uh, Oscar and Felix, a Tom and Jerry sort of. You know, one completes the other. Just go watch that Resident Evil stream. Yeah, you can feel the. You can feel it. You can feel how good it feels to have Rob completely undermine the entire construction of the stream without <laughs> telling anybody. One sometimes one just has to make an executive decision. You're up there on uh-huh. stage and you're like, yep. we need to change what the show is. We just got to change the energy. Boom. Doing Boom. a little rework. <laughs> All right. We're going to go to a break on that. We'll be right back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, before we get uh, much deeper into the pod... We should uh, uh, quickly take a, 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 an update on the ongoing uh, kind of situation at Activision Blizzard, the ways in which uh, workers have responded to, to that, um, some additional developments as that story has unfolded. Uh, Patrick, uh, would you say the walkout is the, the biggest news of the, of the week? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like there – well, I mean, there were a couple steps leading up to that one in which uh, Bobby Kotick, the same, uh, you know, head of Activision that – uh, bragged about the company having its best financial quarter ever while laying off 800 employees. Same Bobby Kotick, who narrowly, through shareholder vote, managed to hold on to a more than $150 million payout um, this year, uh, sent a letter in which, uh, you know, he called the orig- original response uh, to uh, internally to the lawsuit and externally, uh, quote, tone deaf. Um, and then attempted to circumvent the open letter that had been sent from, um, at the time, more than 800 uh, signed employees, a letter of kind of intent um, of wanting change, um, including uh, removing arbitration from employment clauses, which is a common tactic by companies in order to uh, essentially squash uh, privately um you know, different issues in the workplace, um, having folks, uh, uh, workers be involved in hiring a third party audit firm um, to kind of like essentially assess the company and and its issues separate from the legal, uh, the lawsuit that's occurring through the state of California. And and Cody basically was like, okay, uh, what if uh, let's get a third party? uh, But I found it. I found it. I found the third party firm. It's great. They're going to come in. Yes. They might be the union busting firm that Amazon is also working with, but 
you know, it's not us. It's a, it's a third party. Um, and so that, that letter came through, uh, very much trying to ride the wave of what these, uh, brave workers were asking for. Um, and the result of that was the workers saying, fuck off, um, um, in much nicer, uh, language uh, than that, but basically saying, fuck off and, uh, organizing a, a walkout, um, which, is different than a, a strike. I have seen uh, certain reporters, uh, some reporters, some some folks using the term strike. There is overlap in a workout and a, a, a walkout and a, and a strike, but I just want to be specific in the language that was used um, by the organizers was a a walkout, um, a walkout with um, these specific demands, um, but a sort of like singular one day walkout um, uh, nonetheless. Um, and so that walkout occurred. Uh, this week uh, in which, you know, uh, I, I haven't seen an official count because the it was kind of a virtual and in-person uh, walkout as a result of, uh, you know, COVID uh, protocols um, and understandable reasons why people would not want to gather uh, in person, given the, you know, we seem to be in the midst of a, a Delta uh, spike uh, with COVID-19. But by, by all accounts, a very successful uh, event, um, an organizing event to to get folks to you know, not just spark a conversation at Activision, but to, you know, there was a, a letter circulated at Ubisoft. Um, yep. I think this was broken by Axios um, in which uh, at the time uh, 500 uh, Ubisoft employees both criticized the lack of uh, meaningful changes, uh, actionable changes in their own culture and also in solidarity with the folks over at Activision Blizzard um, that were looking for for change at their own uh, company. And uh, I, think that br- I think that brings us to... Uh, where we're at today, which is that uncomfortable period in which, okay, uh, what next? Mm-hmm. Um, and and we we don't know what that that is uh, quite quite yet. Um, sometimes that stuff happens privately. Sometimes that happens in public. Sometimes it's a mixture of both. But a lot of, I think, really brave actions were taken, and now is the moment in which we find out if that results in. Or don't, or frequently, unfortunately, don't don't hear if that results in, in meaningful change that makes the people at those workplaces uh, happier as a result. Yeah, yeah, that is the the trickiest part about this is very much the like wh- where where is the point at which I would ever feel comfortable being like, well, Activision cleaned up its situation. Like, it's not a handful of firings. It's it's certainly a step would be for this this case to to you know play out and and for those who brought it uh to to be to be given justice or vindication at the very least if not justice but like there's not a there's not a thermometer you can drop into a company and then you read it and go oh the company culture is good here now <laughs> um uh, i now feel comfortable being like thumbs up wow they're great um and right. that's it's it's a very difficult i mean we we went through this with ubisoft over the last over the last you know couple of years in which um you know, I think it's it's uh, it's just simply honest to say that I have friends who have worked for or currently work for Ubisoft who I want to support in terms of their careers and like do I hope you do a good job. I hope the projects you're on succeed. I hope you right. find an audience. I hope you find players. Um, but but it's also good to see that that you know there are still people at Ubisoft who are like, well, this didn't. The fact that there was a that that Eves gave gave a gave a statement last year briefly before a press conference and like a handful of people got fired, 
Like that didn't fix anything. I'm glad that 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 the folks there are actually continuing to put that pressure on, and I hope that Activision, similarly, the folks at Activision, similarly, uh, uh, continue to to put the pressure on. Um, but it it will be hard to know when that work has succeeded quote unquote you know well and that's and i think that's what the demand for like a third party audit is like meant to to do one in which the workers you know frequently you know it wouldn't be shocking if it happened in collaboration with activision to find like a firm that the two <laughs> decided was but what's happened here is they just quickly scrambled yeah a law firm and we have a piece up on uh, uh right now um by uh, 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 Lauren Gurley uh, uh, about uh, it's titled "What Can Activision's Own Investigation of Harassment Actually Accomplish?" Yep. And you should go read it. It's it's a very thoughtful uh, examination of what that is. The short version is: you should be skeptical that the company that just had a two year long investigation of itself by the state of California that uncovered and and detailed a really toxic workplace should be the person that chooses who investigates themselves to make that place well, and, better. And they, even even they in a ex- world where that was done in good faith, that is not the right process to arrive yeah. at a conclusion that makes those workers better. And there is every reason to suspect <clears throat> that it is not being done in good faith. Well, and they hired a firm that offers union awareness and avoidance, right? Like this is what right. this, this, this is a, a, a firm that one of the things that they do is ensure that when there is a crisis at a company, that crisis doesn't snowball into organized collective action in a long-term sense. It Which is why when you saw things up. like the 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 uh, on one hand, you can you can look at, and this was framed in some ways by folks I talked to internally. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's good that they're giving us paid time off to go do the walkout. And you know what? Not really, probably because like that's the sort of olive branch that is given to make it seem as though uh the company is listening they're having a listening session by that was one of the things that kodak offers like we're gonna have listening sessions like that's that's like the biggest red flag in the fucking world is like we're gonna have listening sessions um you know (laughs) sure it's nice that you don't have to take an actual vacation day for the walkout but that also comes across as this sort of like placating measures that a company is going to dole out to make it seem like you have been heard. Uh-huh. Now, could you shut the fuck up and go work on that World of Warcraft patch? Yep. Because that game is a li- is a live service game and we need it to keep going. Um, it's just, it's because when it is coming from the company itself, even in a world where you want to imagine it's in good faith, the reason you have outside actors judging that and involved in it is so that you can ensure that it's actually helping the people um, that, that it's that meant to help or could could help. And then it's just, very, you know, once the company's already been implicated, it's very difficult to, you know, imagine even people trying to do the right thing should be allowed to make those decisions. Like, that's why you bring in outside observers and actors so that they're, a third party can say, okay, actually, we're, we're good with this. This is, you know, the, the right thing for the people who have been impacted by the previous action yeah. or or inaction. You know, I hadn't thought about the ways in which live ser- the, the the pivot to live service. Not that World of Warcraft has pivoted to live. World of Warcraft has been a live service pivoting to video, um, yeah, pivoting just to like video us. here, just like um, us. Uh, the the uh, but but the the rise of a live service game. The ways in which like the Assassin's Creed games have a live service component now could potentially further um, heighten the kind of contradiction of of the labor situation. Uh, in which and and further give workers leverage in some ways. We're like, mm-hmm. hey, an update is due out for for some live service, you know, product from Activision and from Ubisoft. 
in the next month. Like absolutely, mm-hmm. that that's fundamentally almost certainly true, right? Not fundamentally, but but likely almost certainly true. Uh, uh, not that not that a um, a delayed uh, not that that a delayed you know box product would hurt the company's bottom line any less, but the idea that there is now this vector by which immediate you know the the, the immediate uh, uh, move towards a strike. Not that this was a strike, but if that were floated, um, could have a very noticeable effect on an expected bottom line in a given quarter. Um, yeah, but the war zone, if like the war zone, right. like whoever allows war zone servers to stay up and then suddenly war zone was down for 24 hours is like, it would be hugely impactful to, to Activision. It would, it would at um, least be a different sort of impact than what we've right. seen where if you walk out on traditional dev, the company can make that up later through forcing you to over overwork by continuing yeah, like, to have an aggressive right. you know uh, uh, schedule for your for uh, your builds etc but i'm curious i'm 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 phrasing this as a question cuz it's genuinely a question i'm curious how that model and i'm sure that there has been academic work in labor studies uh around in sociology around what this sort of shift has looked like because that also that shift also happened historically with the deployment of you know uh, uh, new new uh, industrial technologies. So, Rob has some thoughts. Well, I'm, as you lay that out, though, I'm thinking about a lot of the critical staff who fill roles like that uh, fall into like professional groups that have uh, standards of ethics that are very employer friendly in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. Like, if you have friends who do like professional IT services. Uh, there are a lot of rules and just standards of good conduct that like you don't leave, uh, you, you know, you, you don't just like drop tools uh, and walk out on a network. Um, you, you don't you, you do not lock uh, you do not find ways to lock the employer out of their own shit. Um, it could be done like these are positions that by definition like are yes. really and this is why these this is partly why standards like this exist. There are good reasons for it like. But there are also it's an attempt to put out of any mind the awareness that the employee is in a position where they could uh, conduct something akin to sabotage, even though it's not really sabotage in a lot of cases. It is just I am not going to continue doing this Um, so you can I am gone right now. No notice. I hope you have another network engineer standing by. Um, But also, I think there's. I, I, I the other thing in the background of this is just this stuff falls so unevenly that like there are there's workers writ large, but then there's groups within the workers, the workforce. You know what I mean? Like, I think one of the things when I read stories like this is it seems so hard when we talk about solidarity, it seems so tricky to create a sense of solidarity you can really trust when something like this appears to have been so endemic within the organization. And you're still left with all those questions of who was permissive, who looked the right. other way, who didn't, who didn't step up and where did they work? Like, did this fall evenly across like all departments? A lot of the stories I've read indicate that some pl- parts of the company were uh, more rife with this shit than not. And so mm-hmm. I, I think this is the, this is the other part of this is it seems so hard uh, to completely right now. It just seems so hard to know um, who genuinely shocked by this uh, and who's pretending to be shocked. Um, And that's an incredibly uncomfortable and, and awful thing. But I think it does cut to some of these issues of, well, how, how do these workers organize? 
I think part of it is worker the workers have to know who they're organizing with and have have to be able to trust that like when they, when they all like undertake these measures that they are all acting together and will actually stand by each other uh, around these issues and i think the the nature of things like this with with these long running uh like histories of abuse by their very nature um kind of do plant seeds of doubt um and I think that's that's going to be a, another that that feels like a major hurdle. Um, I will say that I think you're right, but I do think the goals of the walkout were smartly shaped to build future uh, movements around the demands weren't just the hiring of the third party, uh, you know, auditor. Uh, it was also about releasing and, and, and creating transparency um, around uh, compensation, uh, promotion rates, salary ranges. Um, it was about getting rid of arbitration clauses and employment contracts, the sort of thing that are often wielded as a scare tactic against people who maybe are not in that in group, but who are afraid of yeah. uh, being being punished for even talking about organization uh, or for even, you know, for, for, for raising any any indi- individual issue. So if they succeed at those demands, which, you know, I, we'll see, I, it, it is difficult to imagine activism. That was also part, that was also part of the, the riot. Um, right. Yes. Lawsuit. And I, I, I might begin this wrong. I should look it up as as I say this, but I believe they ended up not getting the arbitration, the stuff arbitration stuff removed. Yeah. Out. Um, but like those are the things those things are helpful for long term solidarity building, partially because they bring to the forefront the contradictions already at your workplace uh, in, in which in which you start to look around and go, hey, I know who's doing the work. Why are they being paid so poorly? Hey, I know who's working the hours. Why have they been passed up for a promotion? Hey, look at the ways in which, you know, there, there's a whole racialized component to this that has not been talked about very much since the official or since the, that initial uh, post uh, around black workers and especially black women um, uh, having additional uh, demands, constraints and pressures and abuses put on them. Um, and And being able to like, point to the data that shows that will be helpful uh, long term. And so I hope they at least get that. I, we'll see, right? Like obviously solidarity with them. And obviously, I think it's fair to say that unionization here, unionization in the industry writ large uh, is the, the most obvious step towards some degree of safety here. There is no, there is no perfect wall to build between uh, a workplace and, and problems of abuse. There, there is you know, perfection as a process. It is not a, a destination, um, and uh, and with problems like this that are not unique to the games industry, uh, that are not unique to large corporations that happen in the smallest social circles in the world, that happen in a group of groups of uh, that happen in the family, that happen in schools, that happen across industries. We're talking about a much larger project. We're talking about a project that requires a, a, a much more general reorganization and general in the most. Um, uh, unfortunate and broad and and difficult way. Um, uh, but that sort of cultural change happens bit by bit through small actions, um, and through and through um, you know sectors of of the world shifting. And so, in many ways, the fact that they walked out at all, the fact that that Ubisoft's workers followed up with a letter, which like you know that letter isn't isn't going to change things in a in a big way but there it's less that those things for me it's less that those things are huge grand acts and it's more that they are mile markers 
that like a decade ago that letter would not have been sent. No, a decade a de- ago, a dec- a decade ago would not have happened. Right, a decade ago, we you know that that clip from BlizzCon of the woman asking like to yes. for uh you know the characters to not look like they walked out of a Victoria's Secret catalog and a bunch of men chuckled and made made fun of her. And made fun until, of her. Which cat, which catalog would you like them to walk out of? Is right, what the right, what the response right. was. Like, so, I mean, deeply that, dismissive. It's stuff like that where I mean, like that shit is still happening in in different in different ways, yep. but um. We we have con- with like their progress has been made. It, it is it is one of those things where in hindsight you can see where the journey, even if it's not where we're we want it to be. Yeah. And, we'll, and also yeah. one thing like I got a little irked when um uh some folks asked the organizers if they had discussed unionization and their response was uh we have not like that's a conversation for the future. I don't if they were. The thing that you shouldn't do is tell the fucking press that you're organizing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. You know what I mean? Are you so, fucking kidding me? So, yeah. I, so on the one hand, I understand people being like, "Why are they talking about uh, it's organizing?" Shut the fuck up, Friday. Don't fucking say <laughs> unionizing until you're fucking unionized. Right. Like that. Yeah. God and, and, damn. And, and if and to those organizers, if what you did was tell the press that you haven't had that conversation and that is actually what happened. Don't do that. Do not do that in the future. Like, like it's, it's like, it is, it is the case that, uh, that they should not be telling the press any of their deliberations whatsoever. But if they are, they should be fucking lying about it. Um, because (laughs) it is, it is not, it is not our, you know, this is me. Like, who is in a union is proud of being in a union. Like it's something that Uh keeps me from wanting to go to other places because like it is not always the case that you'll be able to be in a union again, and like like so that means something to me. And that less so yes, lie fucking lie to me as a journalist because if you want to actually have that happen, it is not going to be because I got a statement about you uh, unionizing or talking about it or not. When reporters unionize, they don't tend to file stories about <laughs> the like the union they're considering, but you do tend to see stories about. Hey, we've signed like we've we've signed like in letter of intent to unionize right. and at, man, at that not point, it's in motion. Yeah. Then there's a, yes. yeah, then there's a story you want to talk about. But yeah, like it's very rare you see the you know, we're I don't know. We're thinking about it. <laughs> uh, maybe in six months or so, we'll be like uh, seeing how people feel about it. I don't know. Get back to us. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I and I'm sure there are people out there who are listening and who are like. Why do you have to be so surreptitious about unionizing? And it's because like the second the company catches wind that the workers are going to unionize, they will activate a plan of action that is meant to undermine that as soon as possible. Find the cracks in not just the cracks in the argument for unionization, not just we'll have a debate. I'll tell you why unionization is bad, but literally we'll find the cracks in the social makeup of particular groups inside of that inside of that workspace will drive wedges between people. Go, remind, go, go like, look at the propaganda that places like Activision Blizzard produced when the voice actor strike happened at yes. like after a couple of years back. Yes. Go go look at just recently the uh, the attempt to unionize like one a factory uh, in Amazon and uh, like w- the, the propaganda that built was built out of that. Those are, those are two recent cases. Once in video games and one 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 that isn't that would be there's a playbook. And the playbook would yeah. be an act. And the moment they it's already happening, right? The hiring of this third party firm that works with Amazon to do union anti-union propaganda and union busting is already a sign that the company is going, ah, shit, uh, we should probably be prepared if this if this was to go any further. Um, and so, well, that's yeah. the, that, that is the other important thing, I think. 
everything we've seen so far from Activision Blizzard indicates that the response has been insincere. Like, yep. like across the board. And so, uh, yeah, in terms of any of the sort of half measures they're going to dangle, like short of, well, we don't need to unionize. Uh, we're, we're going to handle, we're going to have internal reviews and committees looking at this. Like, there's this this firm the the, the the you're right patrick it'll be the same firm fighting the union if it goes that way in yes. six months they will pivot smoothly from like all right so the billing code for the <laughs> review abuse of workplace stuff uh, uh don't use that for the union busting uh, uh this is like the same this is a firm code. in which in, in codex email or, or memo he's like here's a phone number and an email so you can tell them what your experience has been like which really just sounds like them collecting fucking information on the people that they're going to propagandize <laughs> later if this was ever to move to an organizing movement um so like don't call that number do not talk to those people dude it's it's a it's a mess and it's and it's well I, we should say it too the other thing to be worried about here and to be worried about but to be on the lookout for um is and and not just from Activision Blizzard, from from Ubisoft, from from companies writ large, uh, is this? It, it, we've talked about placation here, but there's a particular model of uh, kind of neoliberal placation, which is increasingly around, um, hey, look, we're getting representation right. Hey, look, we've we've you know hired uh, or, or we've we've promoted someone internally. Uh, who is from a marginalized background, and like I love it when it's great when it's great when when people win. Probably hired uh, externally, by the but, way, like but, almost yes. certainly. But there is, yeah. But but be on the lookout for ways in which, um, progressive. There is a sort of progressive wolf in sheep's clothing technique, in which someone in which companies can clean up their image, kind of uh uh you know pink wash rainbow wash you know uh, green wash for that matter uh look at the ways in which we're committed to blank look at the ways in which we're committed to uh the the lgbtq people here at the company look at the ways in which we're committed to making our company more ecologically friendly look at the way in which we're committed to and and really evaluate whether those things are commitments or and it's often the case that what you see is you have people who are deeply pat you have you have, for instance, queer folks who are deeply passionate about the thing that they're working on, and they go to their supervisors or managers and say, hey, I would love to do something for Pride. And the manager says – and the manager has now been trained to say, yeah, sure, totally. That comes from someone internally who is like going out on, on, on a limb to make something happen. That does not mean that like queer folks have a great time at that company. It means that the the message has gotten through to companies that – if you wave the rainbow flag during pride, you get some bonus points and people say, start to say that like you're an okay place to work. That does not mean that like queer folks aren't passed over for promotions. It does not mean the fact that someone may have put out a black lives matter message does not mean that black women are not, you know, statistically, uh, uh, you know, abused more often in, in these workplaces. So be wary of the, of the ways in which messaging looks, um, if if the the messaging of the 2010s and the the 2000s was we're all family here, <clears throat> be wary now of instead this move towards uh, uh, talking about you know what an open and uh, and, and welcoming workplace uh, a place is. Um, again, it's not to say that though that that's not something to strive for. It's to like show me show me how put, you know put your money where your mouth is. What do pay rates look like? Who is paid what here? Um, can you guarantee me equity? 
uh, or, or at least or, or at least something or alongside uh, the ways in which when equity is distributed, who gets it, who has access to, to the company in that way. Um, uh, so, so yeah, just, just, just beware, uh, everything at this point, as Rob is, is, is like to say, likes to say sometimes do not give them to astonishment and they find all new ways to astonish you every fucking year. So, uh, so that's Activision, Blizzard, Ubisoft, industry, culture, writ large, that's 2021. <laughs> um, we're done with 2021 now. That was the end of it. So oh, we can just take a, dang. take a break. We're cool. good. Nice. Um, <laughs> Uh, video games. Uh, Patrick, did you finish up? Um, uh, Death Door. Death Door. Uh, well, I, I, well, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll close. I'll provide my uh, closing thoughts probably a Monday when I've I've actually mm. finished it. But I will say that the second half of the game is so strong compared to the first half. The addition of the grappling hook as a mechanic, both as an environmental tool and as uh in in combat is is fantastic i i really like the level design in the second half it's just so it's just so strong as all those things start interacting with one another and playing off one another it even got me to uh i mean well look i'm but i have a soft spot for a hook shot or any yes. like any of that in a game is just like fucking catnip <laughs> for me um and uh so the moment i got added that is the thing that got me to do the thing that we were talking about i was like all right I'm going to go back through the entire map. And I went through, I went and back and I kind of just waited until I had the bomb, these bombs that blow up destructible elements and the hook shot. And once you have that, you can do all the things. And then I found it fairly enjoyable to go back through, find all that stuff, get all the experience upgrades that could then feed into my stat upgrades and spent like two hours, like combing through the map and do, doing enough that absent an actual map, I'm just not going to 100% this because I'm not going to load up a YouTube video and pixel hunt for right, like all right. the collectibles. But um, I did like a general sweep, feel good about what I've discovered. And now I'm about to do um, sort of like the last couple boss fights. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll close my thoughts on it once you know, on Monday when I've, I've probably finished it. But um, really, really strong second half that I wish more of that stuff got in there faster, but it helps explain the glowing praise a lot of folks had for the game that makes in their reviews yeah. for folks who had played that second half in which um, a lot of the elements really, really come together and sing in a way that I I wish it happened a little faster. Yeah, that happens that way, though. Uh, I want to shout something out really quick. Um, do you all remember on Steam when Steam when Steam was fresh and new in our minds? Uh, late 2000s. Okay. Downloaded um, Half-Life 2, servers crashed. Downloaded Half-Life 2. In the first few years, it was like, there were not that many games on Steam. See, you could you could see everything that came out on Steam. Uh, and and then, like, bun the bundle years happened. Do you remember a game in that mix called Hammer Fight? That was, I must have gotten seven codes to Hammer Fight. No? Okay. As someone who was broke and who constantly was like, what's in this bundle? Over and over again, there'd be a game called Hammer Fight in which you had like a little floating ship thing uh, with like a mace attached to it um, that you kind of just like swung around and and you hit other floating ships. I, I genuinely must have given away five or six copies of this game because it was in so many bundles at the time. I as far as I knew, that was like the game this studio made and then they never they disappeared. Well, uh, they've made a new game called High Fleet, which is one of the most stylish things I've ever played. 
Rob is like nodding aggressively at this point. I'm going to link you to the trailer to, to uh, High Fleet, a game being released by Microprose, which, by the way, I what? guess Microprose is releasing games the br- again. The brand has been re- resurrected. Br- who's, whose brand is this? Well, I, Who owns this? Oh, God. I, that is that part a, I don't know, but th- there's, I, there's like no connection to Microprose. There has to be none, right? Yeah, this is just. Yeah, okay. I mean, this um, is the same way that like Interplay like is back, right? Like some someone buys right. the rights, takes takes the IP that they own, and then knows that it'll get some amount of people to mm-hmm. click a little faster because it's right. pros. So, so this game uh, is <laughs> this game is at its heart of hearts, it is a airship combat game in which you're controlling a ship with WASD, a sort of air, a sort of diesel punk airship. Um. Uh. And you're fighting other airships. You're. It feels like Moonlander, where you have like thrust on W, thrust up on W, thrust down on S, A and D are left and right thrust. Q and R will tilt your ship back and forth. And you're launching missiles and shooting big heavy guns. Everything has a, a really at that at that tier at the I'm in a fight tier. Let's just talk about that. Everything has a really fantastic glow and flicker. Uh. And and clink and clank the sound of new uh uh of more ammo being loaded into uh one of your huge airships you know torpedo launchers or whatever uh all sounds fantastic i'll link this longer video so you just kind of click around and see stuff um and that's already very cool um i'll note i should note before people go looking for this footage this is a very flash heavy game Flash, not as in the old software, but it's a, it's a game with lots of flashing lights, lots of flickering uh, 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 elements. Um, uh, so know that going in, if you, if you have, have an issue with that sort of stuff, that is all over this. Um, I think you may be able to turn it down in the options, but I don't remember. I, I, I feel like I think I saw that, but I can't be sure. So that's the like combat m- module that's at the heart of this game. But around it is a huge diesel punk war campaign narrative set in a fictional world that feels uh it's it's two uh russian developers my understanding of, of the developer uh uh constantine constantine da, 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 uh, koshutin uh is a two-person team in from northern russia uh and it takes place in what feels like eastern europe central europe um you know uh the, kind of the steps uh, or, or in a fictionalized setting, growing from that, you know, there, there is, there is the I think Romani I saw this Empire, as, uh, like Sky Dreadnoughts Crimean War. Yeah, that's that. Um, that is correct. Yeah, that that is the vibe. Um, and so you're doing things as a, you are the prince of a flailing empire. Oh, uh, fuck, and in yes. The, in the opening act of this game, things are going bad. There's a revolution against your your empire. You you are kind of in the northern campaign. The southern campaign is where the capital is, and the other like you know the the, the basic setup is that some of the other nobles have decided no more emperor. The t- it's the time of nobles now, um, and uh, you are kind of being sent off as a minor general to the to the north. To work under a, a a powerful you know ally to the emperor, uh, and put under the tutelage of a kind of um, a, a long term admiral who really understands the situation, uh, and uh, things go bad, and very quickly you are put in command of the entire campaign for for reasons that are spoilery. Um, the way you're commanding this is through an interface that I can only describe as. Um, the coolest thing I've ever clicked on. Um, it has a fucking it is, look. 
It has a look. <laughs> uh, so you're looking at I'm just going to see if I can get a screenshot of just like the raw ass interface. At any given moment, you are you are looking at a, a screen uh, when you're not in combat, at least that has like a bunch of metal, uh, you know, um, uh, just like structure that has on the middle of it is a screen that's a radar of your surroundings that lists like your heading, your speed, etc. Um, it reminds me a little bit of God, there was a, a really cool space like like a an indie space sim that had this same sort of submarine style vibe. I can't remember the name of it. Someone someone who's listening will let me know on Twitter, I'm sure. Um where you're like you're just looking at a screen with like, you know, circles and diamonds and dots uh and uh circles that are closing to represent that your fuel is decreasing. Uh over in the top left there's a phone that if you click on pulls out an entire system of radio interception where you're dialing in what frequency to listen to whenever like uh, an enemy um, message gets sent on the airwaves. Uh, there's an entire decoding system for for enemy uh, transmissions, um, and you're reading those transmissions to make decisions about like where to go on the map because you're trying to avoid their main fleet. And so, if you can like know, hey, their main fleet is going towards the city of Shimai, then maybe you want to go the other direction to your to your destination. Uh, everything. Of Duskers, by the way. In terms of I'm not thinking of Duskers, okay. but Duskers also does do that. Uh, I'm thinking of a, it's a it's a first person space sim um that i can't think of the name of in which you you're kind of walking around your ship but then also you sit down and it just looks like like x not as fancy much more Mm. indie than x and no you're never seeing space you're never seeing space is the important thing this game looks fucking good yeah uh yeah dude uh so i i cannot put into words um i cannot put into at least uh uh improvised words how how much is happening here? The screen flicker, the screen shake in combat, the way in which uh, the HUD elements kind of, um, uh, you know, shake and shudder as your ship takes takes hits, but also just because they're just not perfect, right? It's a it's a big, you're in a big truck that flies through the air through the, the expenditure of some sort of super oil. Uh, it's it's all hanging together by a bit of a, by, by like glue, glue and rivets. Um I think it is one of the coolest looking things I've played in years. Uh, and so at the very least, people should go through and like look at it. Um, it's hard at this point. I also have skipped other parts. Like there's an entire system of um, conversation that happens when you meet important NPCs where you're trying to decide what to talk to them about based on what little you know about them. Do you give them a gift? If you give them the right gift, it raises the, 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 what they uh, what they think about you. But also, depending on what you say and give them, it shapes your internal ethos. So if you say something like, um, you know, uh, uh, these rebels must be must be crushed or, you know, or, or whatever, then your force score, your internal worldview, your you're representing that the crew that you work with, that their worldview has shifted towards force and away from kindness or something yeah. like that. Um, you know, you'll, you'll end up moving into like, okay, are you, are you talking about unity because of the nation you're from, the Garat? Are you talking about unity because of the, eth- the ethnic group that you're from? Are you talking about unity around religious? Are you trying to gain, uh, are you trying to rule with fear? Are you trying to suggest that like the wealthy should be powerful? And there, there's never, it doesn't ever feel like there's a right option here. And the, because again, you were playing the prince of, 
a decrepit empire on its last legs. Uh, and I, I, it is, I need to put more time into it. Um, I think that the, the, the raw combat stuff is fun, but I don't think that it's great. Uh, I think that it's like pretty good. Um, there seem to be ways around needing to fight every fight yourself. You can kind of deploy your units ahead of your main ship. I don't know how much you can, how much of the main combat you can avoid that way. Um, but I don't hate the main combat. It looks I'm very just, shmuppy, slow tactical shmup. It's is. slow tactical shmup, right? It's a lot of like you see a huge, um, you know, blast of incoming fire and you use your afterburners to kind of like dodge away. You deploy your, um, your uh, flares when a missile is incoming. You don't have many missiles. You know how in video games, planes have like infinite missiles or they'll have like 30 missiles in like ace combat. And like, that's not how planes work. Well, these don't. Each of your vessels might have two missiles mm-hmm. um, and you're you're deploying them one at a time against sometimes five or six other enemies that are well, you know, well armed. Uh, and so you might deploy one, shoot its missiles, maybe take a few hits, then move to a part of the screen that's been marked as your kind of retreat vector and cycle in the next ship that maybe has two more missiles. Missiles are extremely powerful compared to to regular weapons. And it's just like that that flow is really neat. I, again, I, I'm not having the most fun with, with that stuff, but I'm still very early on and Every, the portraiture, all of the the kind of uh, landscapes, you know, you have to when you arrive at a place um, and want to, like, fix your ships, you could leave them up in your kind of mothership vessel or you can try to land them down one at a time on the, the kind of surface uh, where you'll get a bon- – depending on where you land and how close to the kind of, like, dock – you land, you'll get a bonus on how quick it takes to repair your ships. And that view ends up giving you these incredible landscapes of, of these like, you know, rolling hills, uh, or, you know, storm, uh, brushed, uh, industrial wastelands, just like incredible, incredible vibes off the charts, like truly off the fucking charts. Um, everything blooms the right way. Everything has the right, the, the right use of texture, um, uh, it, it, and at the same time, it feels there is a, there is a real, uh, even on the UI elements that aren't you looking at a screen, like you just looking at someone's portrait also feels like it's coming at you from an old tube, you know, uh, a monitor. Mm-hmm. Um, everything has that stretched and dithered look in the right way. Um, and, and it just has, uh, the attention to detail is so incredible. Um, so, so yeah, it is, again, it is called High Fleet. Um, I'm still very early into it, but it it is one of those games where you're like, this is such a particular vision. I'm so happy it got made, you know, uh, so hopefully Rob, it seems like your type of thing in a big yeah, way. No, I mean, like it's been um, Kato too, for that matter. Yeah, it's it was- sort of been bubbling up in the in the 3MA chats. Uh, and I do know some of our friends sure. like Luke at Kotaku uh, seems like very it seems about where you're at with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sin Vega over at RPS was a little more critical but like it, it the flawed but interest very interesting yeah, seems to be the I, worst I, you can say about it and yeah, interesting you, counts for a lot i you know i get better dune vibes off this than the trailer for <laughs> dune from this year um in in so many ways that are and you know i'm still I'm gonna watch that movie but like there is so much here that has that sense of um history and that sense of weight 
everything feels uh you know like like it comes from a place and i love it when a game tosses me in head first and is like all right you're here now um and and if you start digging there will be some stuff here uh and yeah i i yeah absolutely yeah luke just there's a great line here from luke plunkett uh over at at kotaku um uh i fired up this game was immediately lost not just because it drops you in the deep end of its lore because everything it brings together is so odd and weird and new that i had no references to fall back on there's no oh i know this kind of game i'll just do this here that feeling is so rare in video games at this point if what you do as a job is cover video games Mm. and so i i like even if i end up not loving the game i'm going to like savor every moment of what the hell is this thing (laughs) um especially because it's been dealt it's been it's been it's not just what the hell is this thing that that actually does a great disservice to say it that way it's it's this thing is really cool and i haven't seen anything quite like it before um this is doing something uh it's it's really taking uh some some big risks with the way it presents its information uh, prizing a sort of um, uh, an aesthetic mode more than uh, more than an on ramp, um, and and I you know it's it, that's what it is. It is the thing. It is. It looks so cool. Um, people should, and I think it's. It seems like yeah, it's the first thing. It's the first new product published by Microprose, uh, which makes me excited to see what else they they brought together for the future um because it's such a, a stylish and distinct game so high fleet it's on steam uh again the name of the developers are constantine koshutin or maybe koshutin i don't know why i want to say constantine koshutin i don't know why it's teen and tin in my head but that's how it, my brain wants to say it so please correct me if i'm wrong on that um anyone else want to want to mention anything that we haven't hit yet before we before we start to wrap this up uh what was the other game i wanted to uh, uh alto's odyssey the lost city alto's odyssey um Is it a sequel to the original yeah alto's i didn't i did not play the original i looked at pretty screenshots uh, my yeah. understanding of my 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 distanced understanding of the original which i will briefly get into in playing the sequel my guess is the structure is similar um was that oh it's like a really a pretty endless runner and it's like score based games don't do much for me. Like I need mm-hmm. like a, a reason to keep doing the run that is beyond just like getting a little bit uh, further. Um, and so I looked at Alto's Odyssey and was like, that's really pretty. Those games just like, I, like don't, don't do anything for me. I don't, I don't find them motivating to play. Um, but I try to check out like Apple arcade every once in a while. I'm just like sitting around, you know, see if there's anything I could play with my daughter or just like see what's on, on the service. And I downloaded a couple of the new ones <clears throat> and the new one is uh, one of the new ones is Alto's Odyssey, the lost city, which yeah is a sequel. Um, it, I think uh, the last one was snow based. This one is desert based. Um, the, like the, the general flow of the game as you are like on kind of like a surfboard equivalent going forward, you can, uh, you are just like going through different biomes. Um, there are like ramps and you can do a trick in the air to start with, which is like, you can just like spin, you know, you can do a flip, um, do a backflip. Um, and you just keep going forward and there is a score counter in the corner. There's a score counter and then there's a distance counter. Um, but I didn't quite realize. And again, I can't really speak to this first, the first game, but what I, uh, discovered here was like one, it is extraordinarily beautiful. Like the, like the sunsets are like, I mean, it's just gorgeous to look at. The, the music is is like sweeping and uh, distinct and, and interesting. And like, it's, it is really just a, a visual marvel. The kind of game that I wish more games had the equivalent of attract modes where it's just like, hey, like, can I just put this on and just watch it? 
like I don't need to I don't need to play it, you know. Um like this is the kind of game where if they just turned off the character dying and it just was the 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 the, the movement, the sweeping movement of the player character just going through these biomes, it would be an like a much cooler screenscaper than just like when my Apple TV goes into like, right. you know, idle mode. It's like, look at these cool photos of a drone <laughs> from a drone of San Francisco. And it's like cool, I that's always on there. Um in any <laughs> any case, uh what happens in 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 the lost city is you have these like micro goals right so you it's like hey this this time uh to to get past level 1 which is not like level 1 of the game it is just level 1 of the objectives it's like hey jump across a chasm um hey do a backflip hey uh-huh. uh uh like collect 50 uh, coins which are a currency you use to buy like a helmet that lets you survive two crashes or uh, a magnet that will sweep up the uh, surrounding coins. And the more you upgrade that, the longer it does. Um, And those objectives are like really satisfying. Turns out there is like a progression mechanic. Like for example, I bought, uh, I I upgraded to a skateboard um, and the skateboard lets me still continue to sweep across the desert, but also grind against like certain objects. And so suddenly it's, I'm not just doing small jumps in the world, I have a verticality that allows me to like j- like sweep into the air and connect wall jumps like far into the sky and collect cl- and grab collectibles that I didn't even know existed in the environment. And I, just as a a game that's on when the day is winding down, um, my kids are like watching an episode of something while we're waiting for for bedtime. Like I have just found it to be like really calming and peaceful and beautiful. And the little micro objectives are like like just like like a little snack like an achievable snack that like feels satisfying uh like uh branches out the the space the mechanical space of the game at a like really satisfying pace um and i've just been having a really uh, good uh, time with it um i, I believe nice. alto's odyssey came to a lot of things later and th- that is the, uh, if it's an apple arcade game that means apple has like roughly like a six month exclusivity but there's been a strong apple arcade to switch pipeline um, in, in the past, um, so I wouldn't be shocked if this showed up elsewhere uh, down down the line. It would be, it's it's the kind of game that like it looks really nice on my iPad, but despite the simplistic aesthetic or seemingly simplistic aesthetic, like on a big TV in 4K with HDR would just like I mean would just really knock your socks off. So um, yeah, I'm looking with a vacation coming up. I'm trying to figure out. Although I I, I am going to try and distance myself from from games for the most part. I will have downtime and. Like, that's the kind of, like, I don't need a game that, like, fully engages me. I just want yeah. something that uh, kind of gets my hooks in and gives me something to do that isn't doom scrolling. Um, yeah. Uh, and and Ultimate Odyssey, like, really, really uh, fits the bill. So that's out now on, on Apple Arcade. Awesome. I have one, one question, bucket question, before we wrap up here. Gamingadvice.com is the address. Hey, Waypoint Advice Experts. This is from David. Sorry. This is from the ungrateful gifty in a place I won't name because otherwise that would give two pieces of triangulation that could that could identify who this person whose name is I just said. Hello, Waypoint Advice Experts. I've gotten myself into a bit of a pickle, and only you, the fine host of this gaming podcast, can help me. About a month ago for my birthday, my father-in-law gifted me a brand new, reasonably expensive, $200 Nespresso coffee machine. Mm. From the moment I unwrapped it, I knew this was going to be trouble. So I am a coffee drinker, but the part I enjoy most is my morning routine, my my morning ritual of hand grinding the beans, getting out my tiny scales, 
to measure the coffee yep. and the water and then finally brew it in a V60. It's nice. And I know I can source ethical coffee and minimize any waste. And while Nespresso machines make a perfectly fine cup of coffee, it's still a Nestle product and comes with all the slavery and environmental destruction baggage. So I knew I was never going to use it. After I process what I've received, uh, after after I process what I've received, I feign excitement as anyone would do when they receive a gift. And then when we got home that night, I took it out of the car and put it on a shelf in the garage where it remains today. The following week, we saw my father-in-law again. And when asked how the coffee machine is going, I lied and said, it's going great, which was then followed by a grilling on my overall experience with it. <laughs> we finally got past the discussion of the coffee machine. I was hoping that was the last of it. But a couple of days later, I got a message from him saying he's ordered one from him from for himself because I spoke so highly of mine. Oh, no. So here's the current conundrum. Mm. My in-laws are coming over for dinner this weekend. And now my Nespresso obsessed father-in-law will definitely ask about oh. the machine. Do I set it up in our tiny kitchen just for the evening and then pack it away until the next until the next time they visit? Do I come clean and tell them the truth? Do I dig myself deeper and make up an excuse as to why it is not currently in use? No. Please help me. No. You got to bring it out. I think you got to bring gotta, it out. You got to play gotta the bring game. You got to bring it out. Play, you, play, like, you, you, you no. dug yourself too deep. We fight on that line. No. <laughs> it's what, still you early. Want him, you, want, you, you can still pull out. You want him to, you want him to so actually... I have ethical concerns. You bought me a shitty present, and it—that's uh, uh, what you want to do, Kato. I can't. I'm bad at this particular thing of like getting a gift that I know is bad and being like, "This is great." Um, I won't. So wait, you're saying you're bad in the sense that in that you can't lie. I'm yes, I'm bad at lie at you putting would immediately on that face be like, of like, "Oh, this is awesome." Right. I like, I like say that, and but apparently, like my wife has told me this, it's. Does not ever feel genuine. <laughs> wow. Oh, I, you, I hate right, hold this on, about hold myself. On. I we wish I could be nice to this soul. And I'm like, what's an example? Yeah, please. You have. We're putting aside this email. It doesn't you, you must have countless examples because this is not something that's no, happened. It doesn't once. happen that often, right? Like, I'm not receiving gifts in front of people. Aside from like, it's been a while because you know we haven't been home for Christmas in a in a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kind of person who can't lie about a, a gift they uh, don't like and then says it doesn't happen that often not at all is absolutely wrong absolutely wrong don't believe I it don't know I think it's it's been small things it's been like uh, like two years ago an aunt got me a shirt of um it was a Pikachu Dressed like Naruto. Mm -hmm. That sounds awesome. (laughs) Which is that's uh, how I would try to reach out to Kata. Yeah, I'd be like, "What? What feels like? What's it? What did you say?" I was like, "Oh, this is very nice." And uh, my aunt didn't make any. I was like, "Oh, thank you." Like, and like I had kind of an out in that the way we do Christmas at my place is very much everyone opens one thing and then we move on to the next yeah. person. But yeah, yeah. it also because yeah, yeah, there's like yeah. fucking 30 people sometimes it's like we're moving quick. So th- it has yeah. to be a quick, but like apparently I, my face was very, uh, not surprised that I don't, I don't oh know what face God. I made. I still don't know to this Unlike day. Unlike Naruto like, Pikachu. They know. You did not believe. They know you don't, yeah. you didn't like this shirt. I was like, ah, I said thank you very much and it was, and gave her a hug and it was, it was Why okay. don't I ever see you wearing that shirt, Kato? <laughs> so, I, so I have the same problem. First of all, uh, I have a very, 
dour looking face if it's just like neutral sure. it looks yeah. like to the point where like my parents you? Are like, you seem so unhappy <laughs> and i'm like i'm so, oh. like to the point where it pisses me off where it's like my parents are like we'd love to see you smile more and it's like wow. i'm sorry that's my fucking face and i cannot believe like i'm 35 years old and you guys are still like we don't know how you like are you are you mad it's like no this rules but, i'm so, so glad to have learned this. around the holidays oh God. i lean hard on eyebrows out big oh <laughs> like orson wells the french champagne oh now occasionally it does like i can't a little sell much it. i can't sell it um like it happened this past Christmas, Mackenzie went overboard on a certain category of gift and began plumbing some uh, tiers of comics that were not kind of what I was into. And I was like, oh, I didn't expect this omnibus. Great. That's awesome. Wow. Uh, like four years of not great comics. Oh okay. my god! Um, you I, people I, are I, miserable. I <laughs> uh, I'm with you, Patrick. I this how is, can you operate in the world? I can't. <laughs> That's it's a problem. I'm saying it's right. a problem you know on air. However, <laughs> however, you gotta bust out this Nespresso machine. Gotta. So here's how you're gonna you gotta, gotta do it. hundred First of all, no, see, you gotta do some trial runs. You gotta get you gotta get multiple yeah. types of pods. Yes. You gotta know yes. what that should taste yes. like. You gotta be familiar with its operation. And like you got to run a few things through so it doesn't feel like it doesn't taste like brand new espresso machine because there is a yep. risk that like the first two runs will oh. have a slightly different flavor. You got to you got to send him send him a message and ask which ones are you using. I'd like to make sure I have some of those now because then you might then there's a world where you do the test runs in the event that uh, and maybe he'll make it for you. Like maybe like it'll take care of itself. Like you've got yeah. the equipment, but you don't actually need to like leave fuck him with out. It. You like yeah. you should know in the in in the event that you have to, but if you get the stuff for him, like you're doing a nice like gesture, like you might be able to just like walk around the entire encounter. God, I've been I'm but, looking at these these machines and they're more expensive than I expected them to be, and now I understand so, what the issue is. They're expensive. The thing, <laughs> and, and here's the other thing: the Nespresso is actually pretty good as far as like. Uh, coffee pod products go like Kerrig makes dog shit coffee. Nespresso is not the Kerrig of espresso. Like it's actually a pretty cool device. Um, but also it just doesn't sound like that's your bag for like, no. You just, no, the problem isn't about the coffee. The problem is that it's that Nestle are water fascists. And <laughs> well, know, right, like but also it sounds like this person doesn't make espresso for themselves. In the I see what you're saying. Yes, 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 yes. Um. I would also recommend the Guardian wrote a piece called um, How Nespresso's Coffee Revolution Got Ground Down. It's a lot of good small talk material about Nespresso. Wow. Why don't more people like it? It's a good primer on what how Nespresso works. Mm. And you can just like filibuster your mm -hmm. uh, like father-in-law and just get through this. But yeah, you got to... Oh, you missed your window. You're giving him more lie material, in other words. Yeah, you missed your window to shut this down. I think you can shut it here right. or you shut it down. You shut it down a year a year and a half from now. If he comes over a year and a half from now, ugh, it broke. 
and mm. someone gave me this other thing. I, I'm, I'm getting this new type of coffee. It's been really good. Look, and you can move on with your life. You could even say like, oh, I started to get so into it. I did a bunch of research and there was like, Ooh, I got really into coffee making of all sorts about. of types. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yes, right? I see. <laughs> You're I starting see. using yes. different machines and different types of brewing right. that I wasn't into before you got me this machine. You set you me off on this journey. You opened up a whole journey. world of coffee. Yeah. Kato, you're fine at this. You're, 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 you're making <laughs> Look, plays. I'm, here you go. I, this has been me sitting here thinking for the last 10 minutes or whatever. Yeah, I the, can't, the pro- in a split second, doing it I can't fucking time. do it. Yeah, in real time, yeah. I'm, I yeah. cannot. <laughs> Here's the problem, though. So in one year's time, you have to spend between $500 and $1,200 on an espresso <laughs> machine. Oh, no. Uh, no, no, you can sell, just say, like, like I, I just found... need to upgrade. I'm... <laughs> because the thing you should have just said, the thing you should have owned from the from the start is, I like pour-over coffee. Espresso is fine, but I tend not to drink. It's a little strong for me. I, Yeah, but you can't. Someone just spent 200 bucks on you. Yeah. You can't just That's immediately be like, to... well, oh. your gift was dog shit. Why didn't you know my coffee tastes better? I mean, you can you can say like, oh, a- like my my friends love espresso. Like this would be great to have when I've got guests. Like there are like there are ways around yeah. it. Even if you deflect it from, even if you like deflect it from yourself, yeah. if you wanted to, I would just say I, thank is, you. I love the espresso. <laughs> this is why I don't have a father in law. This is why I stayed out of that whole fucking do you business. Ever, like this. So if this had happened to me, what would happen is I would immediately have turned to my partner and been like, "Okay, I have to figure out how to get rid of this. You have to." You have to be the bridge to under, to to help me look, and she's you down put with that it. On. No, no, no. Wow. This is this is we do this for each other. Like when you have I to see. say do something difficult I with know. the in law, right? You have yeah. to be the one that like yeah, jumps on that grenade, right? Like you figure out the story yeah. together, whether or not it's gonna be a little bit of a white lie, or if you're just going full truth, like bareface, like look, it was just the wrong call. He doesn't like dislike you anymore. Like it's fine. Yeah, it's it was yes. an honest mistake. Yes, but here's a here's a real honest and and supportive. The is real the thing best is that choice in the scenario for for ninety nine percent of the gifts in my both my and Christina's family we they ask for lists for this reason. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. This is sure, part of why sure. it, God, it hasn't happened so more to me is because yeah. they just get the thing that I'm like, oh, I need a new pair of like. Uh, nice socks or something like whatever right, I put right, on my right, list. Right. Uh, you, know what you can always do, yeah. Too, you can always pretend you just found out all these things about Nestle and then do the work of. You know, I was That's, so yeah. into that Nespresso. I was looking That's up stuff. That's what I thought I was saying before. And, right. Yeah, you heard about this baby formula situation? <laughs> I had no idea. You heard about water rounds and Nestle. The, the question is, of course. Whether or not there's like, would that strike any kind of chord, or right. would that actually just be a new fight? That's right. that's the other thing. Is like, hey, I care about these things, and you right. don't. Which is yeah. why, which is why, in in general, your partner's getting involved just because they know that their parent better. So you've got to kind of right, figure right, it out right. together. And you, yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. That makes sense to me. Uh, God, well, that was a productive one. <laughs> trying, to, uh, trying to arrange an accident for the Nespresso to die in front of the family the day they visit. It's like, oh, you no. There, uh, there, um, there, uh, there was a, a, a situation specifically like this that happened in my family ages ago when uh, I, think I was in high school. My brother was in middle school, and they, a family member, got. My brother opened, it was like, you know, everyone's sitting around the, ca- you know, a bunch of couches, like opening a, a you know, a gift. And like Kato said, we we're like just kind of sprinting from one to the other. And the family, someone bought my brother a, uh, 
like a like a nice leather jacket and it, he was I, I i have sympathy in retrospect like it it was a complete misfire <laughs> oh, um no. and but but obviously worth like like real money was spent because the, um, the leather is aspect of the animal product angle like yeah the actual product like it's, it comes from a side of my family in which <laughs> there's a lot of wealth and so like you can always just assume a baseline um of uh, uh, money of spent not in a flaunting sort of way necessarily but like they like they, they buy they buy you nice stuff and i saw that and he went first and i got i want to say i'm getting this right i think i got a best buy gift card um because <laughs> i knew i was into like electronics and video games sure and was I it a good him, Best Buy gift card? Yeah, it was like 50 bucks. Like, you're going to be able to get a, like, this is like in the era of CDs. Like, you're going to be able to go but get, you know. not a leather you know. jacket. No, it was not a leather jacket. Um, But yeah. I, I identified this, saw that my brother was being bad. Like, he was, he was like, just, he was like clearly upset that he got it. And uh, I, I managed to say the situation. I was like, I think that jacket rules. Like, why don't you give that to me uh, in front of everybody? And I was like, give that to me. You can have the gift card. And like, I put on the jacket and like completely and sold. Like, yeah. And I, did, I actually like the, I then, I don't know if I liked the jacket, but it was hilarious to be wearing like, a, like an expensive leather jacket. <laughs> and that was, that was worth it in and of itself for the bit. And my brother got a $50 gift card and it's bought like a, a bunch black of biker jacket. What type of leather jacket are we talking about? Yeah. Here? Yeah. Basically um, right. something, something in that, in that vein. All um, right. I got to get something off my chest here. Oh, oh wow! So there, we go. there was an entire the the Zachney family, not my immediate family, but like the extended family, like vibes around Christmas could be toxic because there was an aunt in the picture who like not a particularly great or balanced person in a lot of ways and would do lots of weird shit that was like kind of out of pocket. But one of the annual traditions was her letting people know in so many words who was still in her good books with Christmas gifts and who was not. And so it was like me and my cousins would just sort of like, all right, whose stock is up and whose stock is down this Christmas. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, looks like cousin Chris got a uh, like briefcase full of like matchbox cars. The good kind. It's not hot wheels. This is matchbox. Yeah, like damn, really tiny little die cast metal yeah. models. Wow. Nice. Weirdly. I love, I love Matchbox cars. I think. What did I get? Oh, I got a one of those games that you play with like push pins going into a metal a uh, wood block, and yeah, you roll uh-huh. dice. To, it was like a baseball game with like, mm. uh, and like I got that Wait, and like you, a Tiger the, Electronics you mean the, football the game. The free toys at the Cracker Barrel. Yeah, they put at the tables for the kids. Yeah, they put at the tables. <laughs> yeah, yep. oh, those are for the kids. So <laughs> and so like. This was so this this year my stock was down and like I had a lot of like Damn. we were out there and I'm looking at this and I'm like, well, I guess uh, I got to pretend that I'm enjoying this. So I'm like, oh, man, I love this baseball game. Uh, I love just rolling this die and like seeing how this little woodblock baseball game plays out. How are those matchbox cars treating you, Chris? <laughs> Look like fun. Let me know if you don't need any of them. Oh, look, I got a double. Um <laughs> And, uh, like, that was the vibe for years at Zachney Family Christmas until finally I told my parents, I was I can't do this anymore. Like, <laughs> I can't, like, at some point, I'm just going to say something to, uh, to Margaret. I am going to just, like, wow. I am done pretending that I'm going to sit for this. Um, 
because yeah because it was also the culmination of often months of weird shit leading up to that like sort of like snub from this person that you already had a weird relationship with so that was like i have been in terms of awkward gift interactions like i've been through the crucible of it because you would have like just blatant snubs taking place you had to pretend not to see um and i watched my cousins do the same thing on a different year where the wheel turned Uh, and like suddenly like they were down and like here's your tiger electronics piece of shit um and so you just had to you 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 had to just navigate that every year and it was always miserable jeez well (laughs) yeah speaking of bummers uh patrick i do have an answer for you for something that's plagued you your whole life oh great you do you have a guess as to what it is uh you uh, found a uh, a reliable quarterback for the chicago bears that's right, I did um it. that's right it's you actually you gotta get out oh great um crowbar and no. sickle <laughs> get, getting out there <laughs> this comes in from holden subject the reason patrick was denied the saxophone <gasps> oh hey all your fingers are fucking fat <laughs> <laughs> if someone had written in uh for rob who rob did you miss were you here for this this opening? i gleaned a lot from the letters that came in i see okay hey all I played the short, the- okay so i was just the short yeah. version is that in the music tryout like gymnasium thing i really want to do the saxophone yeah and they basically told me my fingers were too fat for it and it like put me off wanting to yes. do music um, hey all, I played the trombone all through middle school and high school and did some aid work for the music department, so I have a bird's eye view on the situation involving Patrick and his lost saxophone. Mm-hmm. Often, when the band department are trying to get kids into playing an instrument, they are often thinking of the overall composition of their orchestra. When I tried to join the when I initially tried to join the band, I was pretty hyped to play the trumpet, the instrument I most associated with jazz, which was cool to a ten year old nerd. It's cool to a 36-year-old nerd I am. <laughs> um, when I told this to my band director, they told me I just wasn't built to play the trumpet. I was much more suited for the trombone. Wow. I was pretty disappointed, but the trombone is still a cool instrument, and I had a pretty good time playing it through high school. Come to find out, the band directors in middle school often straight up lie to kids in order to balance the band composition. You can't right. have 30 trumpets in your band. Right. You have to have clarinets, yeah. trombones, Everyone tubas, wants to play saxophone. flutes. Which kids usually aren't interested in initially. If I had to guess, Patrick was just one too many kids expressing interest in the saxophone, so they were trying to trick him into playing the flute. Well, this is this no is no excuse the, to be um, mean about it, though. Yeah, this is the '90s. Yeah, Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton sax, saxophone. Like, so my get, my guess is that my Kenny guess is G, one of the Kenny biggest sax in music. Yeah. My mom, yeah. my mom uh-huh. straight up did have like yeah. like a lot of moms uh, had. Uh, I'm sure dads, you know, everyone could enjoy a little a little a little Kenny, a little G. But <laughs> my guess, my guess is that is like a trickle down effect of that yeah. is was like the saxophone as an instrument was just sort of having a cultural moment, um, and they probably did have a lot of kids. You can be uh, serenading so Katie off- every day with daybreak. Did if they not- life had just gone different. <laughs> did they not offer you a different instrument though? That's the thing that threw me. It was like Yeah, no, I'm sure I'm sure they did. I uh-huh. just didn't give a fuck right, at that right, point. Okay. It was like okay, yeah. It's like I went up to the to the to the counter and was like, saxophone, please. And they they said, like, we're they, I just, they didn't say we're they didn't say we're all out. They just said you're not you, you don't deserve it. Like yeah, go hungry. Yeah. I need you just to know that this is this a hundred percent like struck a big nerve uh in terms of like people writing in with their examples of things they were told uh uh they they 
reasons why they couldn't play what they wanted. Um, Nick wrote in to say, uh, I've been playing, I've been playing piano since I was four. I picked up drums around, uh, age nine or 10, fourth grade. I'd been a state, a state piano champion once already, not a brag, just understanding my ability level at the end of fourth grade, interested students, uh, go in to meet with the band slash orchestra teachers to figure out what instruments they should play. I walked in with certainty that I'd be able to get in as a percussionist. Instead, the teacher told me you've got good tuba lips. I'm pretty sure I cried. <laughs> My parents were pissed and I didn't and didn't let me join band. I kept doing all of my music stuff and eventually I joined band in 7th grade as a percussionist. I go on to be a two-time all-state musician, started my career as a music education major as part of music ed Whoa. and learned how to play many instruments. First one I got slotted into, tuba. Turns out I did in fact have amazing tuba. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. Cheers to the pod. Oh Thanks for bringing joy to our lives over the years. Um, Look, sometimes there's a faded blade. <laughs> Some, that's how it is sometimes. Uh, I don't know. Uh huh. Uh, my 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 band experience was very different. Like I, we, he like our middle school band teacher sat us all down and went through the different things because I was, I wanted right. to be a percussion percussionist for sure coming into band class. But he like went through and did like this is what percussion is, and it's like we have the one big bass drum, or you're learning to basically play the piano through marimbas. And I was like, ah, uh, wait a second, I just wanted to be a drummer like in the rock band. Why can't I do nope. that? That's not sorry. That's not what percussion means. And I was nope. like, okay, but like this is what he did. He like went around and did like these are the different like here's brass, here's what woodwinds are like, right, and then right. after after like actually walking everyone through the different sections, we kind of like naturally split up into like what we were more interested in um he let everyone try to buzz into uh brass like the obviously different ones and he like yeah, was yeah, cleaning yeah. them but the point being that you got to try what it would feel like to do of them and that's when i learned i could probably never play a brass instrument i can't make the fucking buzzing noise uh right. that's how i ended up on flute which is what i played through middle and high school oh. because i was like i'm really good at doing that dumb thing with the bottles where you blow across the top <laughs> that flute is that but more yeah that but more um so it was it's very interesting to hear these stories of like i had an idea going in and then the teachers kind of like shifting people around instead of this i had a very more like you know here is what like do the thing feel it happening in your mouth and like it, it kind of naturally happened that people were better at certain things and you yeah. saw that happen in real time it kind of just demystified the whole like selection process of like oh i'm just not good at buzzing into a trumpet mouthpiece i'm never gonna be able to, uh or like i could get better but it, eh, i'm good at doing the flute already i'll do that <laughs> right i'll just do the flute yeah we yeah. had someone else also have a similar thing where it was um uh, someone someone told them that their their lungs were too weak or too too small for uh, I want to say for trumpet. Uh, so another similar one of those things <laughs> was like, yeah, I get it. Can, how I mean, was there a test of like, did they do that thing where you blow the little ping pong ball in the tube? <laughs> no, Probably right? Not. Like this, this is, is also that, for saxophone. Yeah, this is why can't why can't it just why can't it just be as simple as Hey, we had a sign-up sheet. Like we're yeah. filled on sacks. Like you know, uh, here's you know, you know, what I mean, like it seems like there's better ways than to just like yeah. lie about yeah. people's like physical uh, abilities um, <laughs> to push them towards. There are better sales pitches. Um, yeah, because the fact that this wasn't like it seems universal, um, or at least pr pr uh, you know prevalent is 
like clearly this is like a way that this occur is like taught for kind of educators or, or you know f- you know academics to to treat it is is uh, is odd. I mean yeah. I would be curious how it's handled now. If there is anybody out there that is somehow involved in like music like you know cuz I, I feel like a lot of these stories are people who are of a similar mm-hmm. age, you know, in their 20s, 30s, maybe 40s. Um you know, how, how do they figure that out with kids? Are they still are they still saying they got tuba lips? Um or is there a, no. is there a different Yeah, approach? if you're out there, let me know. You can't say yeah, that to kids anymore. Yeah, <laughs> that's what's wrong with culture. You can't tell a kid they got good tuba lips anymore. Oh, fuck. You can't say fuck your fingers off. are too fat to play the saxophone. That's what's ruined American culture. Shut up. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for us today. We'll be back next week. Uh, Patrick, you'll be here for the first episode next week. Yeah. 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 Are you going to okay. play uh, more of The Ascent? Will we, will we talk about Yeah, that let's talk about that Monday? on Monday. Okay. I need yeah. to put more time into it. I, I play through the tutorial and like through when the world opens up, basically. Yeah. Um, it's getting – what I'll say is I did not have as strong a time as what the reviews I'm seeing are, so that makes me think it may – in the I've way heard, it opens it, up. Yeah, it takes a little bit of time to open up yeah. and, and, yeah. and so, so get we'll past just does. being pretty. So, yes. okay. Um, so, yeah, we'll talk about that on Monday. Um, uh, we'll be back with some other stuff, or I guess Tuesday's episode, but we'll, we'll be talking on Monday. Uh, so, until then, you know, uh, find us twitter.com slash waypoint, waypointadvice.com. You can find me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. Where can people find you, Rob? Uh, you can find me on the command frequency, making calls, saving the day. Good. Uh, and how let lose. Also on Twitter at Rob Zachney. Uh-huh. Patrick. At Patrick Klopik. If there is a Hell Let Loose player base inside of the Waypoint community, they should reach out to us and let us know yeah. that y'all yeah. are out there. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> uh, Kato, how about you? At A underscore Kato underscore appears. Thank you to Bowen for letting us use the track Miss You off the EP Pale Machine. Find out more about that at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. You can support us, waypointplus.com. Uh, please do. It has enabled us to do all sorts of cool things like that Resident Evil remake playthrough, um, like the idea that we're even talking about doing streams of ridiculous first-person shooters together. That was never going to happen. Uh, like the various bonus pods, like the upcoming Resident Evil uh, 1 um, uh, Waypoint 101, which uh, I guess questions should have already come in for that one. Make that tweet, Kato. Please make that tweet. Yeah. Um, and uh, anything else? Any other Any other announcements to make here? Oh, I want to clarify something. Someone wrote in and was like, uh, does Kato just have a stock of Austin saying, let's go to break to drop in? No, we do those no. live. We do yeah. those every time. What? Well, yeah, that's what I said. I said, Weird. what? This is, what? Weird. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's just oh, happens uh, every, uh, every time we record. <laughs> yeah. Let me, let me uh, paste this into the chat. Uh, oh, boy. What am I? What am I? What is? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I saw that waypoint. Thank you. Uh, so, who did this? I'm gonna I'm gonna give credit to it. To that. <laughs> uh, if you go to waypoint.gay, um, uh, thank you to Baron Bliss uh, who who set this up. Uh, waypoint.gay is a website for Waypoint Radio to check what episode number it is. <laughs> yeah, uh, 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 Nick, uh, aka at Baron Blissy on Twitter. I'm sure you've seen Rob and I retweeting uh, their stellar. Uh, and, and terrified actually, uh, what Baron Van Blissey made of that whole wheel situation. <laughs> yeah, like, it, like oh. video, video clips from Resident Evil that have gotten increasingly more creatively ambitious uh, as yeah. the streams have gone yes. along. Um, this is a great so. advertisement for Waypoint Plus right here, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I agree. Uh, Shout out to Baron Blissey. Um, all right. That will truly do it for us. We'll be back next week. Until then, fuck capitalism. Go home. Peace. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Okay, time dot is uh, 25 seconds. Earth overshoot day. I would prefer if the Earth didn't overshoot anything. That's terrifying. We need other things to overshoot us. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Please. Please. Is okay. this the day where we celebrate the meteors that didn't hit? No, it's... it's it marks the day when humanity's demand for ecological resources and services in a given year exceed, exceeds uh, what Earth can regenerate in that year. Yeah. Ah. Today is the day, this year, that we've taken more than, than there is. All right. Uh, congrats congrats earthlings get that get that honey out of the jar (laughs) there's not more coming back today Uh, represents the day humanity needs longer spoons with longer (laughs) handles yeah and uh maybe like a little more elastic in terms of uh how we just dress up for for work around the planet make a little room (laughs) all right